God, this guitar is untuned. <laughs> that was really bad. Welcome back to Stand Up Yet Again. The podcast where we talk about technology, our feelings, our thoughts, our emotions, our problems, and have really bad intros. Yeah, but that's the gimmick. Yeah, exactly. It's like... You've got to be here for the bad intro. Exactly. It's It's something... That no other podcast is doing. Yeah, it's like a know? really shitty disruption. <laughs> it's like taking a company to uh, to an investor saying, "Hey, you know this other company that does this and is making a lot of money? Imagine that, but shittier." Yeah, thoughts. thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, what, what, what are you guys thinking about thirty million? Thirty million, million? valuation? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> easy, easy clap. Yeah, <laughs> um, I still don't know where you got that easy clap thing from. I don't know. It's like Bridge said it a bunch, and I'm like, I. I guess I say it now. Bredge is a fake name. Breginald. Breginald? <laughs> it's actually Bredwinder, but I just say Breginald because... Is it... What kind of name is it? It's Indian. Indian. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Racist. I was... Con- well... Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Any Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh. Um, yeah, so this is going to be a continuation of the previous episode in which we talked a lot about education and, like, uh, um, things... In regarding uh, things regarding things regarding uh, education in tech, especially like computer science, the way it's taught. Um, but we brushed upon a topic um, of motivation mm-hmm. in uh, in regards to it. I mean, this is I guess this is kind of diverting away from the whole tech aspect of it physically, but uh, I mean, it's certainly an important thing to, as a as a segue. Um, yeah, and I in general, it's... and in general, the way that we're thinking about stuff is all with a with a tech bias. Yeah. So yeah, like the this is a really ad hoc conversational podcast. What do you mean? We're just talking. Yeah. We're talking about ideas from the perspective of two guys who want to be tech entrepreneurs. That's the point of this podcast. I guess. Right. What do you think the point of the podcast is? Um, I was bored one day. And you wanted to make a podcast. You wanted to make a podcast. Everyone and their mom wants to make a podcast. Yeah, but like you know. I did it. <laughs> it's not good, but I did it. Everyone, let me rephrase that. Everyone and their mom makes a podcast. Oh, shit. Yeah. Remember, mo- you're the mom. I'm the mom. <laughs> Hi. Mom. Son, I'm not proud of you. Oh, shit. Same. <laughs> um, but like in general, like when we think of entrepreneur, you and I at least, um, it's always in, it's in regard to tech. Like there's no, I mean, there's obviously other places where innovation happens, but we're not thinking about that right now. Anyways. Yeah. Um, motivation. Yeah, so... Did you have a particular place where you wanted to jump off? Uh, kind of, where did we leave off last time? Last time? It was, uh... I don't know, you want to just, like, dive into our deepest, darkest concerns about motivation? Yeah, like, what, what motivates you? Well, what do you do, do when you get up in the morning, and it's just darkness? Like, every light in your life has been turned off. What do you do to keep going? What do you do to keep the flame yeah. burning? Yeah, what do you do? Well, How that, often do you burn out? That's an uh, interesting question. Um, kind of. I I do. I burn out sometimes. I burn out. I burn out physically when I, I've yeah, you know, not slept in a while. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I don't really burn out in motivation because uh, I think I mentioned this in the previous episode. Um, my motivation isn't goal based or anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like I want to accomplish this um, in a certain amount of time, so I'm going to do the. I'm going to you know take the steps to do that. My motivation for the projects that I start is, you know, here's an idea in my head. Why not? Yeah, fair enough. And, like, the thing is, that, uh, I like that a lot about... That why not motivation. Yeah, because yeah. why not is forever. 
why not isn't going to end. That's true. There's never, there's always something, why not? You Essentially, know? your drive is just the, the, the curiosity, your constant uh, in, uh, curious nature. I was going to use a fancy word, so I'm going to say inquisitive. Inquisitive, but, yeah. Yeah, that's too pretentious. And there's also, I don't think there's any uh, adverb or noun form of that. Like, inquisitivity isn't a word. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it's that nature of you yeah. that's driving you, rather than specifically any goal. I think so. And that's like... Um, like, again, like, third time, I think. Like, the reason I left Optimotive, because my thing was getting, uh, my goals, my motivation was starting to become, um, partly fueled by the fact that, you know, maybe make a lot of money, maybe get funded a lot. Yes. And, yeah. like, that's fine and all if that actually happens, but at this stage of life where I'm at now, um, I don't want that yet. Yeah. It's like, you know, that's, it's too early to be satisfied in that regard. Well, yeah, satisfied. There, Not uh, happy, satisfied. It's, um, I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily with that in mind. I think we touched on this last episode as well, right? Mm-hmm. About how there's nothing necessarily wrong with wanting any, with wanting money, wanting fame. Those just can't be the driving factors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I but, don't know. It, like, that became the driving factor for you. And I think I fear that if I let it control me now, it would be, it would become some sort of, uh, primary factor right that's a good point yeah that like if you let yourself get consumed by it too early well Mm -hmm. eh, i'm gonna i'm gonna go back on my word actually if you if you let yourself get consumed too early you have lots of room to uh stop and reassess you know Mm -hmm. well maybe not you because you're probably gonna die at 40 but i mean i don't really feel established well enough in my uh in my skill set not my skill set in my ambition of why not that that's the only thing that I want, you know. That like what I can be mean? I can be tempted by other things in that regard. Oh, like, I, I see, I see. So like you can like why not is not like my constitution is not so firm that I couldn't be tempted by a bribe. <laughs> yeah, okay. Right. One time my dad like my dad um came up to me once and said uh if someone I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but he said, if someone came up to you and said, okay, we ha- we're going to offer you $300,000 a year salary uh-huh. to work on this project that uh, it's not really related to anything that you're interested in, what would you do? Would you take it? It was just an interesting, it was like a thought experiment from him. And I, I per- like, what would you do, I guess? I would want to say no, right? Yeah. I want to be in a mindset where I can say no and know for sure in my heart that that is the right decision. I would hope that, like, my prior... Uh, work has put me in a position where I don't have to say yes to that question, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or where I have something that's going for me that's better than that opportunity, you mm-hmm. know, but, and not, not just like, well, because better in my eyes is more focused on what we're interested in. Yeah. It's not a matter of like, okay, this project is boring, but I make 300 K mm-hmm. like, I mean, there's so many, like we, we talk, I've mentioned this a few times now to you. Uh, there's so many founders in, or not founders but just uh engineers in silicon valley who are sitting around making 500k a year essentially being uh long-term contractors for big companies because they were early developers on those companies like facebook google and they know some intricate part of the system that they can only fix mm-hmm. that only that they get called in when there's some magic bug that no one can figure out right so they're very they're important but um 
I don't know how self-actualized they might feel at that point, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's different. I mean, how can we talk from that perspective? I haven't made a single fucking dollar in my entire life so <laughs> that far. That is true, yeah. yeah. So maybe one, maybe if I was just sitting around making 500k, not like, and just exploring the things that I wanted to explore, mm-hmm. I would feel fine, you know? I hope that's not the case. I hope that's not. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, right now in the current state where uh, our constitution isn't so firmly set in like a, the way that we have like a constitution wait what do you like i mean no what am i trying to think our, our um like what do you mean like our, our mental faculties our fundamental principles okay of um uh, of i guess motivation or conscience is that the word you're looking for maybe okay just our fundamental principles of what um Motivates we want us. in life yeah exactly right yeah isn't so set in stone that uh Something if that some, something like that we were put thrown into that situation, we would be uh, you know we'd be happy in that situation. Mm-hmm. But we want to be at a place where if you're offered something like that, we have the uh, the willpower to say no because we know that it's not right um, for our you know the where we want our career to go. Yeah. But the fact that it's not there yet means that um, you know I'm not I'm not ready to to have that kind of success or satisfaction this early because it's not. Uh, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so it's not rooted con- in my, uh, in my ambition. As yeah, it's not, con- I feel like it's not conducive to ambition. It's kind of like the Nobel effect. You know about the Nobel effect? No. It's the idea that, like, people who win a Nobel Prize, um, uh, it's, okay, it's only tangentially related to this idea, but right. the, ta- the Nobel effect is, like, when people win a Nobel Prize, they start believing that they can only work on important problems, mm. you know? Um, okay, this isn't quite that as related as I initially thought it was, but I guess the idea is just like, there's a breaking point in, um, a lot of plans in people's lives, uh, where they go from wanting something to having it. Mm -hmm. And then that, that, um, fundamentally shifts the nature of your motivation, you know, Mm -hmm. even subconsciously, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we subconsciously want that maybe we're too afraid to admit that we want, you know, like fame or money. Yeah. Like maybe we actually do want that. I mean, it would be nice to have it. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, but like, that's what I mean. Like, it it would definitely. It's like the the girlfriend thing. If in that scenario, the whoever I am in that scenario isn't sad or like you know pissed, is very content and very happy. Like your your yourself. Yeah, in that scenario. Yeah. But the me right now sitting here, who doesn't have that, who's thinking. With the uh, with the side of you know the the pureness of, of just wanting to build tech, yeah, would not want any part of me to be in that scenario without uh, without maintaining the current sort of uh, drive. Yeah, that's interesting. Right. So maybe we should be under that found under that governing principle. We should be fundamentally against the idea of any sort of success, because that would potentially destroy the the driving principle. I mean, yeah, that's like hmm, interesting. So, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like we are fundamentally against success at this age. But I mean that's not is that necessarily bad? Uh well, why are we working right now? Like are we working because we want success? Partially, yeah, right? That yeah. means when we get success, we don't have to work anymore. Yeah. Right? Mhm. But like I don't want to stop working now. Who's to say? Right? We should we should cold call Larry Smith. Get his opinions. <laughs> what time is it? Some sort of uh oh, it's past his bedtime. But <laughs> it's uh, um 
We need someone that has some real experience with like achieving yeah. something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Who's achieved something it's in this room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Raise your hand if you've achieved something. Nope. Everyone, yep. Not a single hand goes up. Yeah, it's like I don't know. The principal kind of carries over from the girlfriend thing, where it's like that's a sort sort of a, uh, a milestone or an achievement. Yeah. Right. Did you, um, did you, uh, maybe you should clarify the girlfriend thing for people who didn't listen to the previous episode. Oh, right, yeah, it's like, right now, in my current state of mind, um, I am very, you know, ambitious and all I want to do is build shit. Mm-hmm. Build code, build tech, just for the heck of it, right? The motivation isn't something like, oh, I want to press, impress somebody or I want to make money or anything. The current motivation is, why not? But in the event that, uh, something shifts, you know, or like in, like, I got a girlfriend or something... Um, that can affect that. That can be another source of satisfaction that um, that takes away from the uh, the why not, the goal that I want to achieve now. And in that scenario where that happens, um, the me then is is fine. It's content with uh, with what's happened. You know, he's happy. But the me now does not want that to happen because it means that the the goals and things that drive me now and make me like who me who I am right now are gone. Well, have yeah. the potential of being gone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so. Parallel to that is, like, same thing with success. Um, having a shit ton of money now, or, like, making a shit ton of money now, um, is, uh, could, could have a similar effect. Although, you know, having a lot of money could also fuel the random ideas. That's a good, yeah, that's another point. Um, like, if we had the, if we had that sort of monetary success that I think is in the back of every entrepreneur's mind, mm-hmm. would we, uh, would we stagnate or would we use that effectively? I mean, I know a few people that like, well, like, um, who have sold companies young mm-hmm. and, um, like they got a good amount of money out of it, you know, mm-hmm. like, like Colin, you know? Yeah. Yeah. A friend of ours sold his company. He got 40 K 50 K out of it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but I'm talking like, you know, up to even like in the millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. I know people that have sold companies and gotten that. But they've, what they, they continue working as far as I could tell, yeah. you know? I feel like the the drive is not for money. For those, for, for, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the drive right now isn't for money. But the, the fear is that money. Well, I'm saying like, could I, I'm trying that. to, I'm trying to draw from real life data that people that I know, happen. people I know or I know people that have not been negatively influenced by attaining money, hmm. you know? There are definitely people that are. Who is someone that's... What, what's the type of person... Because I can only think of really good examples of people that um, once they got money, they only, like, continued, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I... This is going to sound really, like... <laughs> this is going to tell you a lot about my personality, but I, I do admire Joe Rogan. Okay. You know, I got, I think there's a lot of things. I mean, yeah. When, whenever someone says they admire someone, like mm-hmm. a reasonable person should understand it. That doesn't mean that you idolize them. Mm-hmm. You just, it's, there's certain aspects of their personality that you would like to emulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other parts are fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can respect yeah. things that you don't necessarily like. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like Joe Rogan's always like, you guys, ever, you guys ever seen an ape before? You guys ever seen monkeys? We're just monkeys. That beast, look at the balls on that thing. <laughs> he likes talking about monkeys for some reason. That's where his mind goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. But anyways, yeah. um, uh, and I, I just went to Joe Rogan because um, him and a lot of his friends that he brings onto the podcast are people who 
made a, made a lot of money. Like Joe Rogan's worth like ten million dollars, I think, mm-hmm. something like that. Like he's he's done really well for himself, mm-hmm. and all of his friends have done really well for himself themselves as well too. Uh, and, but they're all continuing to do things, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, the reason I brought it up is because it might be a bit of survivorship bias mm-hmm. that we're only seeing the people who. Um, who made it yeah who made it, it and kept doing it mm-hmm. thank you yeah thanks for completing my thought um and we're not seeing the swaths of people that made it and went completely under the radar mm-hmm. just stopped doing stuff mm-hmm. which i think there's a lot of people like that actually, actually like apple's getting there actually what being like apple makes a lot of money and, and they, they the have radar? been for a while they've become technologically stagnant like when's the last time apple apple actually you know innovated something huge that's a good point yeah, I don't know. I mean, they have like an X-Works, or, uh, X-Works type thing where they're um, trying They have, I'm sure they have some sort of interview. They're very private about everything. But like yeah. in terms of the products that they have, um, their innovations haven't been you know, very good. Why are they so private if they're not innovating so much? You know? Maybe they are, but just you know, super privately. Maybe. Um, but from what we can tell, or at least what I can see, is uh, you know, Apple, their products are super expensive. And they're always, like, a few generations behind in terms of the cutting-edge technology. Really? That are available on phones. Yeah, like, Samsung had Touch uh, touch ID. Um, oh, like, that kind of tech. Okay, I thought years. you meant, like, their, their operating system. No, or, no, 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 no. Yeah, because, like, 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 a Mac, like, I gotta hand it to Apple. Like, every Apple product that I've touched or handled mm-hmm. is, like, it feels like luxury. Oh, it's definitely, they got, like, build quality is amazing. Yeah, and also, I think they're less prone to, like, those kind of stupid minor issues that like Windows and other systems like that are prone to? I feel like that's you know? just because it's a Unix-based operating system. Really? Yeah, Linux and like, unless you try to fuck it up and <laughs> like try going, like try to install Arch or something, if you just install Ubuntu, it's really hard to fuck it up unless you're actively trying to do something with like the operating system. Right, If you're okay. just trying to use it for like Chrome and uh, like well, Spotify yeah. and such, you can't it's really... It's pretty easy yeah. to not fuck it up. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But anyways, um, like... Um, that's an interesting example of a company that kind of stopped innovating. Yeah. But, like, you know, that's that, not, that's you not know a person, what? though. It's that's like, going to happen. Uh, that's what everyone says is going to happen to, uh, well, not stagnating, but this has just reminded me of a kind of a big issue. Red Hat being acquired by oh, IBM. yeah. Yeah. And, like, GitHub getting acquired by Microsoft. GitHub getting acquired by Microsoft, I don't think is that big of a, a, big of a problem. Is, is I, I didn't actually read that article. Is IBM taking, like, any kind of control over that, or are they doing what Microsoft is, like, we just own you, but you do what you're doing. I think they're taking some control, uh-huh. but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I remember seeing everyone uh, reading a bunch of comments from people saying that they were incredibly worried about Red Hat. I don't. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what they do. They have an OS, right? Yeah. Everything. It's based off of the GNU, mm-hmm. right? So like everything is completely open source. Yeah, hmm. and IBM is not that. completely not open source, <laughs> which is a really weird acquisition to make. Why did they do that? Uh, maybe they're trying to get into the space of open source. I we, doubt it. We should have researched this a bit more. Kind of I mean, sound like idiots on this podcast. Not, I mean, we didn't really think of the idea until now. Yeah. And I don't know much about it. But um, I guess just, I'm trying to look for other examples of companies that might have stagnated once they reached a certain level of success. I know, like, Google definitely hasn't. Google makes... No. Google has, like, shit ton of revenue, like... Yeah. Actually, not even, like, Amazon. They, uh, their uh, net worth is about the same as uh, as Apple. They both broke a trillion around the same time. Hmm. Right? Um, but Amazon's still consistently trying to, to build new things in terms of their... Uh, are, are all three of them... Wait, Apple, Amazon, and Microsoft are all... I don't think Microsoft... I mean, is, Google. I don't think they're, Google's broken a trillion net. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But, like, Amazon and Apple both have, but 
you can definitely see the difference between Apple and uh, and Amazon's uh, attempt at at uh, at innovating things, right? Apple just takes what they have right now, makes a small change, pushes out a new release, and says, like, "Oh, it's uh, another hundred dollars." So. Yeah. Do they even have a self? They have a self-driving car, right? Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and, they're kind of working I in mean, that sector too. But. They do, but I don't know what they're doing with it. Yeah. Okay. What about like um, Snap? Like Snapchat? Yeah. Well, the company's called Snap. Yeah. Like. Um, they released that update that fucking destroyed the app. Which was the UI update that yeah. was awful? Yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah. And maybe that was, like, a sign of, like, once they achieved some level of success, Spiegel, Spiegel started to think of, like, become kind of cocky. Maybe. In terms of, like, he, mm-hmm. like, getting, yeah, I think getting successful in an industry like that, social media, mm-hmm. is, um... It's kind of, like, it's the same principle as, like, what that book, Outliers, is founded upon. Yeah. That it's a lot, like, there's definitely skill and design that goes into it, but there's also a hell of a lot of luck, mm-hmm. you know, that goes to snap. And, but once you get to that point, you start to believe in yourself as a UI god, you know? <laughs> yeah. A UX god, mm-hmm. maybe. So, um, I don't know, that's just a vibe that I got. After the Snap update. Yeah, that update was awful. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to Snapchat, you know? Like, like I don't care. And yet you still notice how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but apparently Evan Spiegel actually, um, in a recent press briefing, mm-hmm. not press briefing, founders, fuck, what are the name? Shareholder, shareholder meeting? Yeah. Um, was pretty contrite about how he pushed that UX update too hard without actually considering, well, you know, like testing on focus groups and things like that, mm-hmm. having too small focus groups. And he seemed like he was taking it as a true learning opportunity. So that's good for him. Yeah, know? but then Snapchat pushed like three new updates within like a few months. Really? Yeah, which were all, you know, I mean, slightly better, but not much. Okay, I don't clearly don't know near uh, enough yeah. about uh, I mean, Snap. I use Snapchat sometimes. Yeah. Um, but um, like in, in, that, in that regard, like having success is certainly, having anything change in your life is de- definitely good. Mm-hmm. Change is important. Change is everything. Change is literally, like, we, like, people... Yeah, it's important to change and grow and become, you know, different people, but as long as you remember all the people that you used to be... Yeah. That's, that's all, that, it's important to remember all the people that you used to be, so you and know what your really roots are. that's really hard, you Yeah, know? it's hard to, to look, first of all, to look at yourself to see who you are now analyze that and, and see if you if you like that or not and then after a bit of iteration of change see who you are now compared to who you used to be mm-hmm. and see if it's an improvement mm. right and then make sure that you know you're on, on a right on the correct path for <laughs> self-actualization yeah i just i find it funny how like we're breaking down the, essentially the human condition into like <laughs> what you would do if you're coding a human yeah right? <laughs> yeah we're basically iteration. iterating on human software yeah yeah mm. i mean Eventually, <laughs> human software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to. Uh, they need to fix a patch with humans. The appendix. The appendix bug has been in the game for too long. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of bugs. Yeah. Um, change. Yeah, I wanted to address change a little bit. Uh, I think change is something everyone finds a little scary. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But. Is quint is like necessary for any sort of development, yeah. and uh, 
I'm trying to think. I had something that was slightly more <laughs> interesting to say. <laughs> not, and I'm not really contributing anything to the conversation by just saying that. I don't know. Do you have something to say about change? Mm. Go ahead. Um, not much more. Really. It's just, like, you know, obviously change is important. But, uh... Um, well, I find... I guess I... Talking from my own experience, maybe. Let's, let's start here. Yeah. I find that I am the type of person that loves to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Even though I go out of my way to be masochistic in terms of how I study things. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I definitely like a certain environment. And I think it's partially due to, like, uh, generalized anxiety disorder. Mm. Like, I find that I react to new environments and, like, situations that typically give people anxiety. I, I get it, like, far, far more explosive, let's mm. say. So I find, like, I like to be comfortable. But I don't know. Just feel like... If you're always in your comfort, I mean, it's pretty obvious. If you're always in your comfort zone, you're never going to branch out and uh, potentially, you know, meet new, uh, find new opportunities to grow, mm-hmm. you know? And there's a lot of growth between now and the people that we want to be. And, like, in, even in just general, like, imagine an average lifespan of 80 years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of growth to happen in that time. Yeah. And if you're, like, if you're content with where you are at now, you know, then you're not growing. That, that's when you become stagnant, when you become content with where you at hmm. and like that's why i mean maybe this is me but i get anxiety from being comfortable hmm. if i'm in a position of comfort i'm like this is pretty good i get anxious because it's like holy shit this is pretty good <laughs> I'm, I'm not growing worried anymore. about losing that edge yeah it's like yeah. oh i need to be on edge so that i'm always moving forward right in some regard yeah until like you know is that edge uh kind of partly a cocky thing. Uh, what do you think? How so? Like, like without the edge, I'm just a normal person. Well, it's not a normal person. It's not about me comparing myself to other people. It's, it's about comparing me comparing myself to... myself to my potential. Going back to like you know achieving yeah. achieving your fullest potential can only happen if you're growing all the time. And it's like it's a catch twenty two where if you don't realize that you uh, that you have that you have to be growing all the time then your potential is is uh, is less than where it would be if you did realize it. But then that becomes your new fullest potential in your current state, mm. right? Yeah. So me thinking that um, I have to be constantly growing, right, means that wherever my potential is going to be, no matter how low, is a lot further away than it is now um, in my current state of, of my mindset. So I have to keep growing, mm-hmm. which is why I don't like being, uh, you know, comfortable. Yeah. That's why I live, you know, outside, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you live in a very uncomfortable situation. But, I mean, you're very close to home, too. Uh, also, yeah. comfort isn't necessarily, like... Physical. Uh, physical. No, it's just familiarity. Mm-hmm. Like, I know the environment that I'm in. Like, the other... Uh, if, like, I tried to go to M-Hacks, yeah. right? And that was a fucking disaster. Yeah. <laughs> my, t- my car got towed. <laughs> Uh, I didn't have a fun time. <laughs> Everything sucked. Yeah. But one of the um, defining like things that made it suck to me mm-hmm. was just I, I realized how uh, accustomed I had become to my own environment mm-hmm. and how much I had reacted to even a subtle change in that environment. And mm-hmm. is in Ann Arbor in the U.S. Yeah. And I noticed a lot of like, like I don't think the U.S. infrastructure is nearly as good as it is in Canada. 
I think Detroit has like Detroit three. specifically. Detroit's a bad example. It's not a great place to cross a border. I'm trying to get a good idea of what the U.S. is like. I, I think guess, Detroit yeah. is kind of on the lower end. Yeah, it's getting better, but it's still always been kind of a. I mean, the whole thing takes a little while. They're definitely growing a lot more. The, the whole yeah. thing with like tech show this week, uh, through tech, uh, what was it WeTech, was like the, the main thing was that Detroit is gonna be big. Hmm. Yeah, and the Windsor's gonna draft off of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know where Detroit's going in the startup game. I mean, it's a great location, mm-hmm. right? It's got it's it's a great location for mobility startups. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't understand. I don't. Um, hmm. Why are all of the startups in Silicon Valley so for cars? I think it's just people have become accustomed to the fact that the Valley is a place of innovation. Yeah, it's just like talent is kind of like grouped there. You yeah, know? and it's just like, you know that's great for them. If you want to move quickly, then the people that need to do that are going to be down there. They're not going to be elsewhere, right? Yeah. But like, does that make it like? Is there any specific advantage to being near all of those uh, in Detroit? Well, near all of the centers of mobility. The main advantage for going to the Valley compared to any other place is uh, resources. Like, there are VCs in the Valley that'll just dump money at you if you have half an idea. <laughs> because, you know, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it may go somewhere. They'll dump money at a, a bunch of people who have half an idea, and even if one of them um, cashes through, it'll it'll cash through really big, and they'll make all their money back. Typically, yeah, right? yeah. Well, that's the whole principle. It's like spray and pray. Yeah, yeah. and, like, um, VCs in other places, I think Toronto's a little better, but, like, especially Windsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windsor and Detroit, they're, they're a lot more conservative, where it's like, unless they can see, unless they specifically see market potential, even if they're, like... Not in that market. Yeah. Unless they can somehow see market potential, they're not gonna they're not gonna invest. Is it just because there's less money, so they have to be uh, more I'm, careful? I'm I mean, less money. I think it's a mindset who, thing. It's like being around people um, who think the same way as you do. Well, you just the people that you're always around are is you're gonna adapt a lot of their personality. What kind of what kind of VCs are there in this region that have nearly the same? Uh, assets to work with as they do in Silicon Valley. I mean, Toronto, probably, because there's, like, uh, Toronto is a huge financial district. Yeah. I have a lot of people, friends that are working in fintech there, mm-hmm. and so uh, there's, and they've gotten, like, a lot of fun, like, uh, one of my friends is in a startup that's gotten funded by Bloomberg, hmm. um, which is pretty cool. Like, they have an insane amount of AWS, like, processing. <laughs> They're just like, here, yeah, you want to use our servers? Go ahead. So, um, there's opportunity for VCs here. You know, it's opportunity. I think it's it's uh, it's again like um, you become similar. You develop the personality of the people that you're around, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're around other VCs who aren't frivolously throwing their money at companies, then you're gonna be like, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't do that. Yeah, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. It is, you yeah. know, who somebody has to break the pattern and, yeah. and do something. Someone that like either either you need the innovation to drive the funding or the funding to drive the innovation. Yeah. Right. But, like, uh, what drives the innovation? Talent? Um, motivation? Motivation. Or motivated people? It can be, but it can be, some people are driven, it depends on the founder. Uh, it can be driven by money, it can be driven by, you know, why not? It can be driven by anything. Yeah, yeah. But it's about having the, um, enough people, not even just, like, one or two, it's having enough people with, uh, who are, who have a sufficient motivation in the environment that they're in, mm-hmm. that they can, um, they can get a lot of traction mm-hmm. like in the valley anybody who's motivated by money great you'll get funded right away yeah this is kind of true right? yeah but anywhere else hmm. and uh, people who are motivated by money will get f- traction right away and people who are motivated by anything else will get traction right away it's just it the any form of motivation can be uh can be uh was it 
converted? Uh, not into... converted. Can be um, satisfied. Satisfied. Satisfied yeah. in the valley because of how many, how many, the variety of VCs and just the opportunities that there are there. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. But to make some place like Windsor viable in the tech market, yeah. as big as not even the valley, like as big as Toronto, mm-hmm. um, you have to have a lot of people come together and uh, you know say fuck money, fuck everything. <laughs> or fuck everything that Windsor doesn't have, let's take a look at what it does have and try to establish that potential with the resources that we're given to create new resources. Yeah. Right? And once those resources are created, you have to push the train manually. A little bit. Before you can get the uh, the engine going. Yeah. Yeah, but how hard do you have to push it? Oh, my God. And how you're going to push it. Yeah. Those are the hard parts. Absolutely. Like, it's such a systemic issue, you mm-hmm. know? I don't feel like there's an as much like there's just a talent density difference between here and Silicon Valley, you know? Yeah. Where 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 are you going to go if you're some company that's looking for people that can provide real value, you mm-hmm. know? If you're a startup you got like 4 million in funding, uh you can't afford to hire some uh you can't afford to hire shit. Yeah. You know? You need people that can produce value for the company mm-hmm. right away. And where are you going to find that? Yeah, and it just happens to be that the fact that the Valley has so many resources is also attracting a lot of engineers. Yeah, it's a snowball effect. Yeah. Um, so how do you get the ball rolling? You like, got to try something. I guess we can go off like a Windsor example because we kind of know that area. Um, or is it just the kind of south Yeah, we'll Ontario. talk about... We can talk about, yeah, Windsor. I think... I we, mean... The, uh, WeTech is like trying stuff to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Right? And like... You need... The thing is... For tech to work properly, you need talent. That's the thing. Like, like They're not doing enough to attract talent. They're doing things that if talent were already here, they'd be able to provide them resources. Exactly. But they're not attracting talent in the right way. Yeah, and the, we talked about this idea that we should go up to like one of the... Uh, the who was there at the... There was a pitch competition we were at today, mm-hmm. and I think the CEO of WeTech was there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yvonne is the CT, <laughs> yeah, CEO. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Not not necessarily Yvonne, but like one of the founders, the VPs behind WeTech. Yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. But... Um, and talk about how like a long-term investment would probably be investing in better resources for... Education. Uh, education around here. That's mm-hmm. where... I, I mean, kids... Kids' brains are so malleable, right. you know. Every time I think about, like, I try to, I try to think about big issues and how, where they come from, you mm-hmm. know. Because if you can figure out the root, you might be able to figure out part of a solution. Mm. And a lot of the times, the root ends up being like raise them properly, <laughs> raise the kids properly. Yeah. Not properly, just you know, in like, a certain mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to push my own agenda on parents or anything. I mean, somebody's, school systems. somebody's pushing someone's agenda on those school systems. Yeah, it's not, it's not a free yeah. thought market. Well, there are schools that, like, there are schools in Sweden that, uh, or Switzerland, that uh, from an early age, students can do what they want, essentially. Mm. Like, and they're actually more motivated to work on things that they're interested in, and they're graded based on that. Of course they are. They're not, no... If you're forced to do something that you don't want to do, you're not going to be motivated yeah, for exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And apparently it's shown really good results, you know? We should, we should move to, like, some North European countries, like <laughs> yeah. Norway or something. Yeah, Switzerland. Yeah. Switzerland's great. I think Switzerland's the number one ranked country to live in. I, I believe that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, don't they have free Free, free healthcare, free education. That's crazy. Um, and free education. Wo- and it's working, apparently. I mean, their taxes are crazy. Really? Yeah. Okay. But the people have agreed to pay it for, you for, know... 
the, to the, benefit the children. Like the adults pay it. Yeah. So the children have benefit because yeah, they figured out something. You can't, you can't tell uh, an eighty-year-old, uh, like not a thirty-year-old adult, um, to change his mindset to be more innovative. But you can train a child. Not train. You can show a child different ways of thinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I mean, they're just so. I mean, children's minds are so malleable that you can. Um, I think it's easier to inspire children than it is to inspire adults. You know, adults are definitely really set in their patterns and what they believe about life. Mm-hmm. But if you, it, but you can teach a kid you can that sh- there's more to life. You know, I mean, I, again, I, I mean, you can I just, sound like I'm pushing my agenda. You can just show that. a kid a golf cart and they'll think it's cool. What does that mean? A golf just, cart? Something you can show them something simple that's in tech. Right, nothing super advanced. Well, a golf cart's stupid. Who I mean, I'm just giving an example. Cart. Or like, okay, you like, show them like, a, I don't know. What? Yeah, I mean, show I, them I a don't, robot. I don't. We don't know. We don't know dick about. No, we don't know teaching. shit about anything. Yeah, we're talking out of our ass. But yeah, you know. exactly. But it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Maybe we're completely flawed. We are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, not in time. We are. Maybe we don't know how to execute this properly. Yeah, of course. We're not accounting but for nearly all the variables that, say, we, a, a psychologist of in general, an educational psychologist would account for. In general, though, th- viewing from a mind, uh, the perspective of trying to make an area, any area. A even, tech hub. Yeah, a tech hub. Or a hub for anything, right? Mm-hmm. You have to start training the people who are going to be able to have skills in that field at a young age. Because yeah. you can't train, you can't retrain people who have different skills to be, uh, to, to be leaders in that industry. Yeah. Right. You have to train them from beginning, and train them is is the wrong word. You have to provide resources for the people for the kids who happen to to enter that field, have proper training in it. Right. Like Massey, is the only school in this area that has a proper computer science. Right. Right. If um, if a student is inclined to to uh, do computer science, yeah, then they have access to really great resources to learn about it. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be mandatory that they have to take something like computer science, but if they want to, it should be a well taught course that they could actually succeed with. Hmm. You know, have enough resources coming out of high school that um, they could do really well or start doing projects, and, or at least be motivated in the way that uh, I think I am, or I think, I think we are. Right. I think. Um, uh, kind of an undervalued uh, com- uh, sector will be ed tech in the future. You know, like mm. I think educational. I've had a lot of ideas about how educational technology could oh, like radically change the way we learn. Well, I don't want to give away anything necessarily <laughs> for the six people who are listening. Of course, <laughs> I understand. Never know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe there's some really smart guy out there who's listening to this. Yeah. And I don't. Uh, if you're if you're that guy, call me. <laughs> We're looking for you. 519-566-2314. What number did you... You made that up. Yeah. It's probably some guy. Call it. Yeah, call it. See who it is. And then get back to us. Yeah. And tell um, them a good idea. Yeah, but I mean, that just seems like a sector that's ripe for... Um, That'd be a good place for, like, we tech to invest in here. To start. Yeah, but they, they want, like... They want... Short-term investment. Yeah. That's the thing. People... No one's willing to put, like... Time into it. No, money into some... Well, yeah, okay, eventually time. Like, yeah, money yeah. into something that's not going to blossom into investment for... Uh, into profits for them for mm-hmm. 15, 20 years, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, let's say they put money into the school system. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the kids that they'll be affecting mm-hmm. probably won't see, like, a real change for, like, two years. 
let's yeah. say. That's a conservative estimate, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, probably more like three or four years. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say two years. So, let's say the average age of a student when the funding starts is six. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, not six. Uh, I, w- I want to say grade six. Okay. Yeah. So, what's grade six? Like, ten years old? <laughs> I don't know. It's okay. been a while. Yeah. Let's say ten years old. Right. I think ten years old is reasonable. Maybe eleven. <laughs> 10. It's like grade six. Yeah, grade six. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to use years because it's like, like how old does it, how, how many years does it take before those people who are affected by the education uh, yeah, uh, okay. can, yeah, so 10. 10, so like 10 years mm-hmm. to, before they go to college. Uh-huh. Um, and then even after that, it's going to be a while until they start seeing returns on like, like really good companies coming out of that, you mm-hmm. know? But like a really good innovation, somebody has to do some again. Like somebody who is capable has to throw everything to the wind, stop caring about you know personal profits or anything, mm-hmm. or you know even do care about it, but in the long term, and just say you know I like this town, I like the way, I want this town to be better, mm-hmm. and just invest money in its future, even though they may not be around to to witness it. Yeah, who wants to do that? I it's got to be a return on investment. See, there's 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 reason to make a lot of money. There's a reason there, yeah, to make uh, you can do a lot with money, but I think it's like until I'm comfortable. I mean, I'm not that far out with uh, being 100% solidified in my views of why not. Mm. Um, because up until like recently, I didn't even know that was what, what motivated me. To do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like the whole existential crisis was what motivates me, and I, I can figure it out. Mm. Why not's a pretty decent answer. Um, but like you know until. Uh, once that's solidified, then you can start. Once it's like the uh, the change, right? Once so, you know yeah. who you used to be. Like when you say solidified, you mean that value. Ha- you've solidified that value as a main driving factor, as a pillar and, of my existence. Yes, and if something changes in your existence, you encounter some adversity or some sort of change in the amount of success you're seeing, then uh, that driving factor still exists. Yeah, like you need that. So you need that crystallization of that. That has to be like. The why not of doing something for like no matter how much money is thrown at me, no matter how much anything is you know provided that if if it, it requires me to uh, to veer away from my fundamental pillar of why not that it, it that I immediately you know, yeah without any regrets yes yeah so um going back to the whole money thing yeah man I just want to write a big fucking check to like things that I care about. You know, just take a big ass like loan from fat, the bank and just yeah. give it away. <laughs> fat check. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Just, give, just take out a loan and give and, it away and immediately. Declare bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, could you do that? What would, what would stop you? What would they take from you? You know, if you declare well, like, bankruptcy, you, you'd go to jail. Yeah, I guess. Worth. Which would cost the government more. Take one for the which team. Which is funny. Take yeah. one for the team. <laughs> Just, like, take out a loan, <laughs> give it away, and kill yourself. <laughs> I mean, God, there's one way to do it. Yeah. No, I mean, that's not a way to do it. It would achieve the goal, Michael. Uh, what would happen? Do you think they could get the money back? I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't be confirmed. Yeah. But would would the bank really go after children's education fund to get oh, their yeah. money back? Hell yeah, they would. God yeah. damn, I hate corporate. They destroyed the... Uh, well, I mean, what was the company that destroyed... Um, or they, I don't remember. Was it Wells Fargo recently that was what? in a scandal? Oh, you mean Equifax? Equifax? Was that it? No. Is Equ- the one that got breached? No. No, no, no. Well, no, it was Wells Fargo. Let me oh, the scandal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The account fraud scandal. 
Right. <laughs> yes, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. Apparently they fucked a lot. I don't remember exactly the, the um, what happened here. So I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. But I just remember them fucking a lot of people. And making a billion dollars. Or five billion dollars. Yeah, I mean, these banks are in the business of making money. That's the thing. Yes. When a business, their main oh. goal is to make money. Yeah. Then that business is fundamentally flawed in my view because a, little bit. a business's main goal shouldn't be to make money that's like the baseline of what a business is their main goal should be to excel and be yeah. better you know yeah you need money to survive but if money is your i mean like you have no guiding moral principle if your yeah. goal is just money that's know? the thing i don't want i want to keep my moral principle that i have yeah. right now um moral compass forever. is important yeah yeah because like, uh, if if that changes, then all of the stuff that I was working towards in terms like like my altruistic dreams of mm-hmm. like being able to give like massive checks to things that I care about, like those would all go down the toilet. Yeah, you know, because as soon as that um, as soon as, as soon as it changes, as soon as I start going after something for money, mm-hmm. then I'm not gonna have that altruistic attitude unless unless the reason why I'm going after the money is because I want the resources. But, but then, then your motivation is still based on your fundamental pillar. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, it's, it's a it's a fine line to cross, you know. Yeah. It's, or, of to walk, I should say. And like you can tell people that you know you don't care about money or you do or don't or whatever your principles are, but you deep down you know why you did something that you did. Yeah. So it's about uh, it's it's self actualization. Some, sometimes sometimes you don't. I mean, I feel like. So I, I I feel like I have a lot of subconscious guiding principles that I haven't admitted to myself yet. Hmm. Or that I haven't even discovered yet, you know? That's fun to think about. That is fun to think about. Yeah. How deep he said the, sub- the human subconscious goes. Yeah, just things you don't even know you know. <laughs> well, you don't know them because they haven't emerged as as guiding principles. But they're, they're there. But they're there, chemically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, at least the one that I do know about, I want to maintain it no matter what happens, mm-hmm. you know? I'm trying to, we were Corp. talking about, oh, let's, you want to talk, continue talking about kids? Yeah, yeah, F- changing um, an industry, an area, to be well well adapted at a certain industry takes, you know, the future of that industry, which is the children. Like, you can't change it overnight. Um, it'll take many years, so you got to change the people who, um, I think, what, Silicon Valley, the way that they sort of formed in that regard, I think it's um, a lot of companies like Apple and Microsoft, um, started off in that area um at least apple did for sure and they just became a really big um motivational tech hub not a motivational sorry it's like the whole thing you either need a lot of cash to start something or you need some people who don't care about cash to start building stuff and attract new develop new people uh, attract different resources right so like ignoring microsoft or whatever just apple in general um wozniak Oh my God! Have you ever heard him speak in like his uh, speeches or on, on YouTube or whatever? No. He's such such a great speaker, such a kind person. Hmm. Um, he uh, he didn't care at all about money or anything. Like he yeah uh, no I, I he was he was what I want to be motiv- motivationally like definitely to, I want to be like Steve Wozniak yeah you know just all he wanted to do was build cool shit even though like even yeah. even though Steve took a lot of the credit he you didn't know, care you know he's still working. Yeah. Yeah, he's working he's, at some underground startup that's not necessarily making a lot of money. He's a developer, I think. Yeah. Ma- maybe not that, but... He, he, that's, do, that's he also I, does a lot of motivational speak. Like, he, he'll go mm-hmm. to um, schools and talk free? to kids. Yeah. That's awesome. He'll go to school and talk to kids about, you know, the, the idea of having what I pure do. motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, the people like that, 
are, are definitely a way to start it because Apple started because of uh, Wozniak having that sort of mentality, and then Apple, and then Steve helped sell it a lot, sell it really well. But that having that company, that first push, allowed them to attract other resources like more investors and more developers, and then it just it snowballs. From yeah, there. but you need that first spark of something. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to read more about the history of Silicon Valley. See if there was any like specific key principles. Yeah, that made like, it so big. Another one is I think uh, it's just people be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it's again, it's, you got to be a little lucky. You can be as bit. skilled as you want, but part of it is being uh, being lucky. Yeah, you know? and like uh, who's it? Another person who really helped that area develop Peter Thiel. Yeah. Or Teal. Teal. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm pretty sure... Well, okay, I'm going to sound like a fucking idiot if it's actually Teal. <laughs> yeah. Peter Teal, last name. Pronunciation. Pronunciation. Yeah, let's look it up. Uh. <laughs> how to pronounce Peter Teal on Play YouTube. It. Is he going to say it? Yep. Peter Teal. Oh, it is Teal. Hey. Right. Well, like Peter Teal, he, um, he was one of those guys that just didn't really, if you had an idea, even like half an idea that was, you know, even if he didn't see potential in, uh, in that market specifically, he didn't go on in, in just potential or anything. He went on just feeling like, okay, talking to you, you know, this feels, even though it doesn't make sense right now, just, it feels like this will go somewhere under your leadership. Peter Thiel's like that? Peter yeah, Peter Thiel was like throwing money at, uh, at people just because uh, he thought he believed in people. He was he was very much into the idea of investing in people okay. and not their companies or ideas. Hmm. If you as a person come to him with a company and you are, you know, you he 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 likes the way you think or like you he thinks that you personally have potential of, of growing or something. Hmm. He'll just throw money at you. Hmm. And um, that kind of massive dump of resources also helps, you know, in a place grow really fast. Yeah. But the problem is getting people who are willing to just Say that. fuck yeah. it to the wind and just go off of, you know, gut feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's also like investing in the right things, right? Like people think, like no one. Uh, we know that, or at least okay, we know. Quotation <laughs> in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. that Fat like quotes. Probably the place to give money is, um, uh, the education system. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, uh, people who have established themselves in the tech sector. Mm-hmm. Like the next generation, you know, yeah. of thinkers. Uh, I think, it's got to be like a balance. Like that definitely is important, helping yeah. to uh, yeah. to raise the the next generation as mm-hmm. uh, with the right mindset or providing them with the resources that if they want to, they can have that. Um, but you also have to establish a place for them to go afterwards. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So you have to establish some sort of, you know, tech race in the area. Yeah. I think that's the best way to get, get a place going is to have... Because, let's say... Yeah, okay, wait. Can I, can I just say? Yeah. Let's say we fund schools uh-huh. and kids grow up super talented. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do when they have an idea? They're going to go to Silicon Valley where yeah. they can make that idea a reality. Yeah, that's They're not going to stay around here. Yeah, you have to provide a resource for yeah. them to go to afterwards. Yeah, look at us. We're like... We're, we're like, fuck it. We should just go to Silicon Valley. Yeah, we, you were, know? we were growing up here and we're not... We don't want to be Wait. here. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this place. But like, you know. So there needs to be a community here. Mm-hmm. So like simultaneously, there needs to be, but like, what's... You need like a tech race pretty much. Yeah. Why are we forcing this? You know, it's like, that's kind of a, a good question. It's like, why are we forcing a tech race? I think one of my, like, a, like, 
like super long term goals. Mm-hmm. It's not even my goal. It's just like I think a good goal for any economy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just bringing more uh, opportunity to Canada as a country, you know, so Canada continue being a fucking awesome country. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I don't. Canada's not struggling, clearly. No. You know, not with like monetary things or anything. Because yeah. we don't have a bloated military budget or anything, you know. I think our healthcare budget might be uh, struggling, but. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, a lot of hospitals are underfund- underfunded. Mm-hmm. So, but like, I don't think overall, I think overall we're doing really good. It's definitely, I'd say it's on like the country ranking, it's definitely above the US. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, I guess I'm going off the idea that I like Canada's human principles, yeah. you know, and I'd like, whew, it goes back to the idea of like, what happens if someone like, in like change, you know, mm-hmm. everything's a dynamical system in life, you know, it's not like, it's not like you can think about this one aspect of how we want to change the world and then it's it, we're done, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, we have to think about how this can affect things in the future. Yeah. Right. Like, Okay. Uh, I'm thinking like, okay, let's make Can- Canada's great. Of course, fucking love everything about it. Yeah, most of the things. There's some shit. Taxes are too high. But I, I think if I, you want the cheap healthcare, you kind of have to have that. No, no. I mean, like the problem with like the reason the problem with raising the taxes is that it actually influenced a lot of wealthy people to start looking for more tax evasion methods. It actually oh. backfired on the Canadian government, as far as yeah, I as far happen. as I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't I don't know if raising the taxes actually caused for for like people who make. You know, I think they raise the taxes for people that make a lot of money. Like yeah. It's like 52% above 250K, which is insane. Makes sense in theory. Like, that would, you know, if they paid it, that'd be great. Yeah, but, I mean, there people are looking... For, uh, no one wants to pay 52% of what yeah. they make. That's a lot. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's 52% on what you make after 250K, so it's not that bad. Hmm. Like, if you make a lot of money. But, still, you know, like, you got to work twice as hard to reach whatever goal you have set for yourself. Yeah. You know? You'll probably be the next tax bracket after that. Yeah, exactly. So, it's like... <laughs> that's funny <laughs> it's like a geometric series so like it keeps decreasing no matter how much money you make it's like a curve like goes up and goes right back down <laughs> that's funny like you make a million dollars a year make sure you make zero yeah <laughs> they take 100% yeah, the taxes the taxes grow faster than the salary <laughs> eventually you're owing the government yeah. more money than you made <laughs> that's a really poorly conceived model Canada yeah. but yeah like okay the end goal I was getting to is that Canada, I want. I, I like what Canada's doing, so I want Canada to be more of a superpower, and mm-hmm. and I want I want. Um, that's kind of a weird way of phrasing it. It's not quite what I want to say. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, you think Canada has. Well, this is what I think you think. Uh, mm-hmm. Canada, um, just the the whole government body of Canada has a very um, good mindset in that instead of you know fighting to be strong military wise, they want to help their people. They're yeah, more, exactly. They're more focused on having. Um, good uh, state of living for everybody yeah. rather than having a strong economy or like strong military. I think, yeah, I think Canada's government and a lot of... Uh, North European, like Sweden. <laughs> yeah. They definitely... Yeah, their people. governments are probably like some of the best systems we have mm-hmm. we've developed. You know, like we've taken a lot of iteration in human development, yeah. you know. Communism didn't work. <laughs> Still isn't working. Uh, <laughs> in China. Yeah. And, and you know, various iterations of democracy mm-hmm. work sometimes don't work, you know? So I think Canada, it, like, all, I'm, all I want is, like, for the human race to go in the right direction. And I think, I feel like Canada, maybe, maybe I'm misguided. Mm-hmm. 
if I'm misguided, I'm open to conversation. Of course. You know, I want to learn. Yeah. So, but, like, as far as I know right now, Canada seems like they're doing the best, it's one of the best things that we got, right? In yeah. terms of government systems and, like, like governing systems of people. It's the balance of everything. Yeah, so I would like to uh, bring more opportunities to Canada so more people are like, hey, let's go to Canada. Yeah, it makes it better. Again, snowball effect. The more people come to Canada because it's good now, it makes it even better then. Kind of, yeah, yeah. It just gets yeah. better and better. The pro- the, I mean, it's so fucking... How far ahead can you really plan? Because, you know, no. like, there's two issues. Like, like okay, now you bring... If there's more opportunities for Canada, which, first off, we're assuming that we can even bring more opportunities to Canada. There's definitely a lot of room for opportunity. Oh, there's room. There's a lot of potential that's untapped. Yeah, but as we clearly demonstrated in this conversation, it's fucking really difficult yeah. to bring that. It's, it's, you're essentially terraforming a uh, an economy yeah <laughs> that's a good way of putting it yeah it's like, like like yeah like would you terraform a mountain i yeah i mean there was one you, guy that did really yeah and like uh, like senegal or some uh, i don't remember the story but one guy just every day he went to work and made and made this valley on mm-hmm. his own interesting yeah between two mountains because he wanted some path Get by. I mean, good for him. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find the story again. Maybe we can, I'll send it to you right. or something. But it's interesting. Yeah. But like to terraform anything, you need a lot of power. In you know, for like yeah. physical terraforming, it's like, like nukes and shit. But in this case, you need a lot of either financial power from somebody who doesn't really, or somebody who's who's thinking it's the mind, right mindset is uh, able to give all of it, mm-hmm. or a lot of uh, you know specific technical power. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, one one thing allows for. Uh, the m- money allows for expansion in everything. Mm-hmm. Like if you have uh, somebody who's given a lot of money to a lot of companies, they can expand in a lot of different varieties. Yeah, that's true. If somebody has the way that the Silicon Valley worked, you know, it started off with a tech revolution through Apple and like Microsoft and them and that tech race that happened there, right? So it became a tech hub. Okay, yeah, yeah. By the way, that, I think, yeah, I just want to clarify. I don't, the tech race for, started well before Apple and Microsoft. That was like, yeah, but that was a big milestone in it. When they started, okay, like, it was a mile. It's a milestone, yeah, but like that's that's uh, not like one of the founding principles, you know. And we're looking for founding principles. I guess, yeah, right, mm-hmm. yeah. It started more like it's, I'm reading here. It's it started more in like 19. Wow, Jesus Christ! This goes all the way back to the 1800s. In the late 1800s, San Francisco's port helped make it a hub of the early telegraph hmm. and radio industries. Interesting. In 1909, San Jose became home to one of the U.S.'s first radio stations. In 1933, the Navy purchased Moffett Field to dock and maintain the USS um, Macon? Macon? Probably a ship. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just but wondering how to pronounce that. The thing is, this is like, um, back back in that time, you know, resources had to be localized. Mm-hmm. Um, they right, still do. Right now, it's a little different. Like, you can get anything you want to make something. Like, if I want a part from China, I can order it and it'll be in, on my doorstep in two days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, there's there's obviously, like, uh, sysops mm-hmm. uh, optimization concerns. You yeah, know? but, like, like, to start something. You can get resources to start something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Like, you can basically start something anywhere that's not uh, thousands of kilometers away from the nearest yeah. point on Earth, you know, mm-hmm. with, with any sort of civilization. So, mm-hmm. basically, not Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. None of what... It's another problem with Canada. Time to have I'll, a startup over there. And none of what... <laughs> <laughs> Penguin detection. <laughs> no, I just like, uh, like, <laughs> we're gonna bring the tech scene to Nunavut. <laughs> like, what technology is over there? Igloos. Igloos. Doubtful. 
Yeah, jeez. Think about the people. You know what's a weird feeling? This is a tangent, but thinking about the fact that there are people up there Mm -hmm. living complex lives, you know? Like, lives that are equally as complex as ours. That's so weird. Because it's like every detail that we think about in our own lives is also bothering some people up there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there's all this detail that we're completely missing out on, you know? Mm. It's just weird how how we're so... There's so there's so much fascinating detail in one tiny slice of existence, and that's happening billions of times all over the globe. I don't know. I just find that interesting. Yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. Anyways, let's go back to. Let's, I, let's I guess turn away from none of but. <laughs> um, we're talking back about to Windsor, I guess. Um, yeah. So that's why we want to make it a tech hub. Well, like, I mean, we, the, we, the the thing is, you know, you want tech hubs in on, in in Canada for sure, mm-hmm. but why Windsor? You know, there's like Toronto is huge. It's close to Detroit. Toronto, yeah, like Windsor. Also, actually like, I has think it's a- just like you know we're kind of tired of like uh, Windsor kind of being like a shithole. You know, it'd be awesome if it was like a nice city. You know, and I mean, it, okay, I mean, we have uh, a bias Windsor's, towards Windsor. Windsor's Windsor's not a shithole. I shouldn't say that. It's our downtown sucks. Our downtown yeah. is basically crime owned. It's a shithole you know? compared to where it used to be back when the automotive yeah. boom was. Yeah. So um, it, it's really declined, and yeah. it's just sort of like this feeling that we want to see it in its heyday again, you know? Yeah. So. But it's like, if we think of, like, we have a bias towards Windsor, obviously, because we're from here, mm-hmm. but if we think of Canada as a whole, where does it make sense the most to have a tech hub? I don't know. Where do you think? I think Windsor is one of the, uh, is definitely one of the places that should have it. There's not a lot of, like, hubs in Canada. Yeah, I know, like, I know, but, like, you know? Um, places where, like, Vancouver, think of, Calgary. think of, like, America, right? There's a lot of... Uh, specific cities that have a lot of tech traction, right? There's the Valley. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago, a little bit. Well, a little bit. Not, not so much tech, but like New York. The, the New York, right? So it's like there's other places around in like, in uh, Texas actually is growing really fast as well. Really? Yeah. Why Texas? What? Where? They have a lot of tax evasion laws. They, <laughs> taxes are really cheap. There. Well, yeah. Do, do, do people, people like register their cars and shit there, right? And their business? Yeah. No, that's Montana. Uh, Dallas, Dallas is a pretty pretty good tag i think interesting da- is it dallas but delaware sorry delaware yeah. oh okay okay for like to yeah. register your corporation as primarily to be uh, yeah for the tax cuts. but like places like even if you think not by taxes obviously but like i think like north dakota what's there i have no clue because like but there's it, yeah. a whole people <laughs> people live there but like the, the place is pretty landlocked yeah right? i saw a really funny graphic of what people think of what what foreigners think of the, the u.s geography it was just like <laughs> Like this in, this massive block between like California and uh, the East Coast that just was labeled Yeehaw. <laughs> that's, even even living in Canada, like I think um, I, I I don't know what goes on in that section. Uh, I know. Find that. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. There we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is like this is not, but this gives you the general idea. That yeah. Texas is just this massive block in between California and New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What goes on there? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Ohio is there's Ohio, which is uh, not bad. I think. Like yeah, it's, it's okay. It's yeah. Cedar Point. <laughs> it's like entertainment. Yeah. Exactly. But like Kalahari too. Actually, it's got a number of amusement parks. I don't like water parks. <laughs> You don't? Oh, well, you no. have a, you have a natural aversion to them now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole East Coast is California. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Including well, Seattle. What's above Washington's above California, right? Yeah, and like Seattle's up there. Yeah. Which makes sense, I guess, you know, the whole valley in Seattle for being tech places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? Florida's the whole south. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, no one cares about uh, yeah. what's above that. South, North, yeah. South Carolina, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, I think Windsor has a lot of potential. And, like, you know, I say that Windsor... Here it is. And, like, the whole reason why... We, Disney World. Disney World. <laughs> Florida's labeled Florida's. Disney World. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but like the whole reason why Windsor used to be so booming is because of the uh, the border, right? Hmm. This is the biggest border between um, yeah. our biggest trade partner. Yeah. So having Windsor to be a hub of the next... Like, Windsor got sort of tracked back where we were hoping that the automotive boom was keep, would keep us going. It didn't. But then they... Well, didn't... Like, every automotive company went bankrupt, basically. They went Except ban- for GM and Tesla. Yeah, and they all started outsourcing their manufacturing. Yeah. Um, so we sort of relied on them. But that's the thing. We are still relying on... We were still relying on the U.S. And the new plan, whatever uh, WeTech's been working on, I mean, it's a little better where they want to kind of terraform Windsor's economy. But they're trying to do it in a way that is still piggybacking off of Detroit. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Picking back. Well, I, don't, know, I don't think it's a bad strategy. It's. It's I'm, a. It's. It's. It's good to have as like you know a boost, but it shouldn't be the primary thing. Primarily, we should be focusing on bringing tech companies here, even though even if they're like you know, bring tech companies. Detroit's definitely focusing on bringing tech companies there. I gotta say, you know, like if if there's work in Detroit, there will there will be work here probably. They like, will. Uh, there might. Uh, it, I guess because Canada and the U.S. There are definitely different things about them, right? Like it, it, legislatively yeah. and uh, in terms of what can be accomplished as a company. Mm-hmm. So there's differences. There's benefits to both. But um, hmm. well, because like, the, sorry, I'm just gonna. Uh, I just want to get on my point. Like, when you think of Silicon Valley, what cities do you think of? San Fran, Mountain yeah, View, exactly. and like Palo Alto. Yeah, exactly. But really, I mean, a lot of the companies that I've been applying to and like see, researching are in like, actually, let me get up. I had a list of like um, all the cities that are down there. You know, there's like San Jose, mm-hmm. which is like, I think it's like 80,000 people, you know, like yeah, these are not big. Like that's smaller than Waterloo. Mm-hmm. But that's all considered part of the valley. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all in the valley. Yeah, but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the valley's a region. Mm-hmm. It's, not a, it's not a city. Yeah, yeah. So, like, this doesn't... It doesn't necessarily have to be Windsor, but it can be this region. South Ontario as a valley. region. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah, you got, like, Toronto as well, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Toronto is already big, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Toronto's Tor- pretty damn good. Toronto's pretty big. Windsor is, like, a really good hub for... Uh, like, Detroit is, is working really hard to bring tech companies there, and that's working. Like, they got bird scooters, and, like, other people are... Mm-hmm. Bird, those bird scooters will have some sort of infrastructural impact where people are like, hey, that's pretty cool, let's... Uh, yeah, it know. needs to be, like, a cultural shift, Yeah, you like, know? Like, it, it, like, not just investing, I guess, in, in talent and trying to, you know, raise it, but there also just has to be a, a general feeling in the community. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah. nice campuses and buildings and offices that people actually want to work in. Uh, that's that's yeah that's true like yeah. infrastructure changes yeah yeah news I guess like mm-hmm. you know I'm trying to think I'm trying to hearken back to what happened in my life that made me interested in all this you know I don't really know what it was that got you into entrepreneurship yeah I guess it was Scott I mean I feel like the the whole idea of like the building and stuff was like back from McKenzie yes 
Yeah, it's, Mr. It, McKen- it goes there back to go. being educated. There probably. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, Ron, Ron McKenzie. The Lord. The legend. God. Yeah, he was definitely. Without him, I wouldn't have been nearly yeah, the same no, person. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, maybe he destroyed my sense of self. <laughs> this is all his fault. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I, I mean. This is all. This will all be good if we actually accomplish something. I, I mean, think. Otherwise, we're just talking out of rise. I mean, yeah, exactly. Worst case, you know, it's not about actually being successful or anything. It's about knowing that you put your fullest effort into a, into trying something. I suppose. Yeah, right? yeah. Because there's a lot of people, including us, that are gonna not be successful. Right? Oh yeah. You never hear the story of the people who didn't make it. Yes. Right. That's a huge thing but that I want to touch on. It's absolutely important that you don't focus your goals on making it and being famous and, you know, it's about your own self-worth being, going back to the thing where it's, you know, the why not mentality. Mm-hmm. The, my self-worth is based on why not, which is never going to die whether or not I fail or not, as long as I know that I did everything yeah. that I could have to my fullest potential. Even if my potential is, like, low, right? As long as I know that I achieved everything that I could um, with my skill set and, and the my luck points, I guess. Um, yeah. to make sure that <laughs> luck, points. luck, yeah, invest, invest all your uh, skill points in luck, <laughs> luck 100. Um, just to know that, that you tried, yeah. uh, I, as hard I as guess. you could, right? Yeah. And yeah, if everybody like, tries as hard as they can, somebody's going to be successful. Yeah, that's true. And that, mm-hmm. that's part of education, getting the Statist- mentality of trying. It's statistically likely, let's say. Yeah. Statistically probable. Yeah. But then there's extreme value theory. <laughs> Windsor's yeah. just... What's the probability that Windsor is just going to fucking suck no matter what? Yeah, no matter what anybody does. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I guess I'll have to read about it. South Windsor has... No, sorry, South Ontario. Mm-hmm. Just like the GTA to you know Windsor area mm-hmm. and Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um Detroit and like even in Detroit, uh, in Michigan, Detroit and what's the other town? Grand Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. Oh yeah, Grand Rapids is a big innovation hub, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, for like uh, for very specifically for autonomous cars. Yeah. Not for just car. Yeah. Autonomy. Um, but that whole region can have so much technological impact. Like Detroit, especially for autonomy and like self uh, for uh, was it automotive tech, right? Detroit doesn't have as much automotive companies, but they have a lot of fun other startups that are working on yeah. like interconnected. Um, like lights, like li- Overleaf, and like other companies that are working on, like Google's completely uh, redoing the waterfront, like just terraforming that really? ta- that town. Yeah, cool. Like Google opened up their office there. I think they are, or is it Waterloo? Some company, maybe it was Microsoft. Okay, Microsoft is moving there. Yeah. Okay. Um, Microsoft's moving there. Was it Pinterest is moving there? Really? I think Pinterest. Yeah. Wow. A lot of companies are moving to Toronto, so Toronto is definitely booming in that regard. Interesting. Yeah. And. Um, you know, a lot of the goods and stuff that, that are coming through Toronto are going to ship through Windsor. Um, and it'll definitely be beneficial that if we can have some sort of tech, um, a few tech companies that are, a tech race essentially here. Yeah. But the thing is, it, a, a, a tech, tech race yeah. is hard to launch. Yeah, yeah. Well, especially if you're doing it artificially. I'm thinking like, okay, what's the main reason for a company to be here? You know, like a company, okay, like Bird or Lime or Uber, Lyft, things like that, they would come here because there's uh, customers here, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's a valid reason for a company to come here, mm-hmm. right? And that's a, that's a valid uh, way, I think, for a company to shift the cultural aspects of a, of a city, mm-hmm. the culture of a city. Is, but uh, uh, what other reasons are there for coming here? Well, I mean, the reason that companies will go to Toronto 
is because it's big. Is that it? It's big. That means it has like a lot of resources, mm-hmm. right? Because it's established to be you know, a wealthy area with a lot of investors and VCs, so startups can go there to get funding. It's like the same thing for the with the valley. You have to have some sort of something to push the uh, push the snowball down the hill. Start pushing the train to gain inertia. I guess so. Um, Windsor either needs some sort of like infrastructural change that attracts people, uh, attracts companies to want to like. I'm pretty sure. Like Detroit, what they're doing, and one of the things that they're doing is they're uh, setting up offices that are just pre-made, ready, full, like, ergonomic, friendly, with chairs, tables, fully furnished That's offices cool. that if you have a startup, you want to just rent something, you rent an office place, and you just have everything set up. You don't have to buy furniture, you don't have to buy, and you don't have to renovate. Hmm. Like, we were in the Canada building for a little bit, we had to clean up so much. <laughs> it was nasty, yeah. right? So who wants to come here where they can do that? Yeah, that's Or where true. they can go to, like, the Valley and just rent an office, and it's already set up for them. Yeah, right? no, that makes sense. It's about getting the entire town to have the same mentality. Well, I think, like, there's, uh, you say, like, one of the reasons to go to Toronto is just because it's big. Yes, but also, like, what resources are available there is important, too. Like, talking from my own experience, Mm -hmm. like, uh, the people that I know that went into fintech, for example, Mm -hmm. financial tech applications, um, I'll go to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Where else would you go in Canada? That's the best place for financial tech. Yeah. It's and I mean, uh, and also, um, machine learning and AI are mm. huge in Toronto. U of T, yeah. That, you know what? That's probably... The school? Uh, well, yeah, it's a school. Yeah, we have, like, U of T has the most prestigious uh, AI grad school. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and we talked about this before, but the entry requirements for um, getting in. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to go to grad school there, you need to have submitted an accepted machine learning paper at either the NIPS or the ICML, which are the two biggest machine learning conferences uh, on the planet. Yeah. So, basically, if you want to go write papers, you got to write a paper. <laughs> you got you to know what you're doing to go, to, go to learn things to know what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my goal. I hope I get in. Yeah. I mean... I hope I get a paper in. That's what I mean. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's even if you don't get into U of T, you've got a paper in. That's pretty... Yeah, that's, that's that, something. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm sort of going fucking, like, ham on machine learning is because, you know, uh, I I, uh, I think that's an awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. Fucking being around Ilya Sutskever. I don't know if that's even how you pronounce his name, but he's, like, the guy who started OpenAI, I think. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Him and uh, Jeffrey Hinton. Jeffrey Hinton is like one of the uh, main AI professors and mm. machine learning professors. I mean, at U of T. Yeah, at U of T. But like his team and um, Joshua Bengio, I think is his name. I might have gotten that backwards. I don't know. It's a really weird name. <laughs> <laughs> but no offense to you if you're listening, but you're not. But of course not. Yeah. Um, maybe in the future. You never know. How do you people go back and listen to the first episode of the Joe Rogan podcast? I tried that. It I sucked. Was- it's awful. This is what this is. I often go back and listen to like the first few episodes of the like a lot of the old episodes of Jacob Amir's podcast. Yeah, yeah. But they're funny. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, this isn't funny. We're not. Yeah, this is stupid. Yeah, who's listening? No one's listening. Yeah. But anyways, um, uh, like those those guys are like any paper that was written about any influential paper that was written about recurrent neural networks or mm-hmm. about. Uh, I think they invented restricted Boltzmann machines, which is like some, I don't even know what those are, but some form of machine learning method. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was written by that team. Mm. Yeah. And I think they also did, I mean, liquid, liquid state machines, 
uh, I think that's what they're called, all sorts of stuff that's, like, really innovative. Like, that kind of talent is rare to find, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, like, so... That's another reason to go to, to, to Toronto. There's the, obviously, the resources of, of fina- uh, the financial resources yeah. that any big town would have. Yeah. But also the, uh, the manpower. Like, U of T has bright students. Yeah. U Waterloo has bright students. And the reason they have bright students is because the university is trying to churn out bright students. And, you know, it goes back to education. Mm-hmm. U Windsor isn't trying anything. Like, I, I tried to uh, email one of the tech profs, the, 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 the comp sci profs, to, uh, to see if we can get something going about, um, like, an autonomous program. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, Windsor would be a pretty good place to have uh, an autonomous. And even if it's not a great place to have it, just having it at your school to allow kids to learn from it yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And I was given a uh, go talk to engineering. It's like... Why? Yeah, and then didn't you email? You, you ha- emailed one of the profs, and the profs immediately responded like, "No, I'm not interested in doing this." But we well, I mean, he was it. a little better with it. Like, he's not, you know, he doesn't have that right now, but he's willing to maybe try and set it up. Yeah. So, yeah. we'll see if something say, can happen. I say go argue with him. You oh, know, I, I'm definitely, to... I'm definitely gonna, because like, not, I mean, like, like friendly, but like, you course, know, no. convince him. Even if go. he, even if he doesn't want to take part in it, like, do anything. I'm like, I'll, I'm down to handle all the logistics, whatever, and, like, yeah. getting people inspired to do it. Yeah, yeah, and um, all that. I mean, yeah, hire Scott, CMO. <laughs> yeah. Um, do some outreach for that. I mean, honestly, like, you've got you've got a self-driving test bed. That is true. I could donate that some, to get something started. But, yeah. like, the point is that people, um, it has to start... Early. We're going back to the beginning. I yeah. Think. Yeah, what we're talking about around. the beginning. It, yeah. Because where do you get that talent from? Like, it, like, is... Is Jeffrey Hinton and uh, Ilya Sutskever and all of those guys, like, um, is that just luck? I don't know. You can make the talent. Like, a lot of people, Waterloo, how many Massey students go there and do well? Probably quite a bit. Yeah. Like, I'd say, like, like well, more than other schools. Enough that Waterloo admissions programs know about Vincent Massey. Yeah, and, like... And rank them differently. Definitely. And, like, people who, um... Um, the kids from, Ma- the kids that go to Waterloo from Massey are definitely, you know, the right students. And the reason that they're going to Waterloo compared to, and not going to Windsor is because Waterloo has opportunities. Mm-hmm. They have, they have a self-driving, uh, company. They have a fine startup mentality in the whole town. They have, uh, um, what else they have? like proper resources. Mm-hmm. Their computer science, well, I mean, computer science is the main thing, but like their math program is, is good. And like you know, it's top. The properly. math program is like one of the best. It's in amazing. The world. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. I mean, um, I, I, it's okay. And like, <laughs> the reason is like because everybody at that school is looking to try and make the school better and working towards the the mentality that you know people need a certain amount of skill. Yeah. To do something. Yeah. You and know what's education? Um, you know what you have that a lot of people I think don't have. What hope? Yeah. I know this sounds super corny, but like, it just. I don't know if I would be the same person today if I didn't have the opportunity to go to Waterloo. And even going to Waterloo, you know, I have trouble, like, uh, hoping. Because you need a cert. yes, I want to try, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm going to definitely try my hardest to attain my goals. But I also need an inkling of hope to uh, that it might turn out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or that I'm actually capable of doing something and i think you know if you don't if you don't end up going to a place that has a lot of people who are also inspired or also motivated then it can be really difficult 
to have like any metrics mm. of self-worth to you keep know? your hope to keep your hope exactly yeah that's it's another, really hard that's another question then what like you know we can ask what motivates us but what what gives us hope gives us hope what's like i don't know i haven't asked that question yet i don't know what why i have so much hope for you know windsor's potential all i know for me is that it's really tenuous like what my is, hope for, uh, in myself Mm. you know it's tenuous because every time i end up going to a location like if i if i'm outside of the university of waterloo Uh i start to feel this this inadequacy like this looming fear of what's the point seeping in Mm -hmm. it's weird it's a a scary feeling oh yeah Mm -hmm. i think in that regard my hope is still fueled by my motivation of why not Mm. because nothing ever seeps into why not of like you know it's like what's the point why not so that's that's almost like saying you don't have like you don't care about hope you know like hope hope is that hope is the belief that you'll get better you know that things will be better i maybe not i think i have i know this definitely you know raises inspiration in me but it's uh it's potential. Just the raw uh, potential of potential, <laughs> to say to say it weirdly. Like, poorly, yeah, worded. My, uh, like an example, I guess. Um, like my aunt had um, had twins recently, hmm. right? And when I hold congratulations. The, yeah, well, that's not my twins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when I hold the kids and I'm looking at them, it's like this is a hundred percent pure potential in my hands right mm. here. You know, this that's that it literally raises a feeling of inspiration hmm. that like you can do so well if you're yeah. raised properly, right? Yeah, you know, I Potential, mean... And, like, even though Windsor isn't, uh, you know, that big right now, mm-hmm. but the fact that we have Massey churning out so many bright students and they're all going to Waterloo means that there is potential. And it's not that, you know, Windsor naturally is just genetically raising proper, you know, math, 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 math kids. Um, yeah. It's just that they're being taught right, which means that this kind of innovative idea and like the whole mentality can be taught because i wasn't born with this i wasn't born thinking like yeah. I, there there was a time in my life where i just wanted to be a doctor to make a shit ton of money yeah and like there was a time in my life where i i mean i think it's what sparked my existential crisis is uh realizing that i had no clue what i wanted to do in life yeah which happened after optimotive after i left optimotive mm-hmm. because i started to realize like there is, um, like, up until this point, I've just been doing various projects without, like, any goal, mm-hmm. you know? Like, any 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 life goals, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think, um, I lost my train of thought, but basically, I was just going to say, uh, definitely wouldn't have been here without Mr. McKenzie. Oh, my God, yeah. But like, you get him on the podcast. Wouldn't oh, that be a great oh guest? Dude, that'd be... That'd be a killer That'd be, like, the one that everybody watches. Hell yeah, dude. Um, Him and then Larry. Him and Larry. And at the same time. Same time. (laughs) They didn't even know each other. (laughs) Mackenzie, Larry, Larry, Mackenzie. Podcast. Yeah, I'm not even in it. Stand (laughs) up. Yeah, yeah. You play the instrument, and then you leave. And then leave. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, freaking move. Mackenzie's like, (laughs) (laughs) hey, how's it going? Ah. Ah. ah, I'm good. (laughs) Um, Like, the whole, the, my, I guess, my idea of, of, Inspiration comes from the potential of there being potential, because okay, that you got to stop saying that, man. Huh? No, you but find a better way to say that. I don't know how to better way to say it. the fact that things like the, this kind of drive, in a way, can be taught. 
hmm. means that a whole area can be reshaped just yeah. by reshaping the way you educate people. Yeah, right? I really, yeah. And that's, and like educating people properly is tapping the potential that they have and the potential of a town having the ability to educate them properly is the potential of the town. So it's the potential of the potential is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay, I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, something that I think there were a lot of factors that were in play in terms of our own values in life. Mm. Like uh, how we obtain, how we got these values. Like Mr. McKenzie, our computer, like, okay, maybe we should clarify. He was our computer science teacher yeah, he's in like, high school. He introduced us basically to everything that we ever wanted to know about computer science. Yeah, but he was also just a phenomenal, like, teacher. Speaker. And uh, motivator. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, all the talks that I would have with him about various, like, like, are you going to be great? Or are yeah. you going to settle? Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. He's very blunt in that regard. He, yeah, bl- but it's not, uh, he's very good at phrasing it. He's better at phrasing it than we are. He was, he was blunt but to uh, but he knew you as a person, and he knew how blunt to, to be. be to uh, to impact you properly. Yeah, so he yeah oh, he was fucking great, amazing. We need more of them. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing I was gonna say is uh, just the opportunity to be in an enriched class mm-hmm. helped me as well. I think yeah. because I'm very competition driven, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, like I'm not gonna lie when I say one of my motivating factors is seeing someone else in my in a similar position that's doing better than me you know mm. and, and it's probably unhealthy i mean it i definitely feel that as well it kind of sucks to see like well if i just like worked it, a little bit harder i, I could have been that yeah 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 i know well yeah but I that's mean, like that's the thing different that, people have different situations it's, yeah you can't compare right all the time you can only compare yourself to you yeah is that me or you i don't know i think it's me yeah i think it's you you probably stop that but yeah, so um, uh, being in the enriched environment gave me the opportunity to be around a lot of smart, like-minded individuals. You know, mm-hmm. the enriched the enriched class. I should explain. I guess we touched on this in the last episode, but it's like a different stream of. It's like what universities have different like streams. The advanced, of, it was like the advanced versions yeah. of the classes. Yeah, and it's not about being elite. It's about providing kids who want to grow faster, learn more things, an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you if you wanted to challenge yourself, mm-hmm. it was you would take the enriched program. It wasn't mandatory or anything. Academic no. enriched. They the curriculum was the same. Yeah, it was just taught in a different way. Yeah. Well, I think I mean like there's different like some topics were introduced. You know, that, yeah. like enriched physics, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But like having different streams is is it's definitely something that helps. Yeah, it's something um, that I think more providing options to, to people. Yeah. Um. But, like, that, that opportunity, I mean, to be around, if, if, I wasn't around is... if I wasn't around those people, I don't know if, like, I would be nearly as, like, um... Driven? Driven, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just to improve and to, like, be like those people, you know? Yeah. And inspired, like that. that. Like, I mean, I was so, I was, I was really troubled in high school, <laughs> but I was, like, really inspired, you know? Mm-hmm. To be, to just be better. You know, I just wanted to be better all the time, you yeah. know, not than, not than other people, than my, than myself. But the, the thing is, everybody else was also in the similar mindset. Yeah, exactly. You are, your personality is very much influenced by the people you hang out with. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, when you don't hang around, like I've been hanging around, most of my friends in uh, college are like kind of the nihilistic stoner type. Yeah. yeah a little bit. I'm not, gonna, not all of them. No, that's a, that's a poor way of putting it, but yeah. you know. 
And that's not exactly the same environment. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if I was a... Maybe, yeah. Hmm. It's weird. It's weird that, you know, I thought going to Waterloo would be, like, the place to go to meet people like that. And it ended up not. Interesting. Cause the pl- being at U Windsor, you'd think that it's not. But everybody that I'm... Uh, that I generally hang out with, like Eric and like all those guys, they're very ambitious in the fact that they want to learn more, and they agree that school isn't teaching them enough, and like you know they're trying to do side projects as well. Interesting. So maybe that's some... that's another thing where I see potential. Like even at Windsor, even though all the kids, all the like the the super good kids from Massey are going to Waterloo, there's still a lot of brilliant students at Windsor. Mm-hmm. And you know if you could just use that, if the if the teachers at the university were just you know trying a little bit to make it better. They, there's so much potential there. Yeah. And that inspires me. Yeah. I think um, maybe some effect that's happening in Waterloo is um, this issue where students are just too busy, you know? Mm. I know I know a lot of my friends are, like, working constantly in CS. I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely putting themselves in the harder classes, and they're, like, challenging themselves. But I don't know how they have it any time to like have a social life explore the things that they're they're interested in mm-hmm. have hobbies i mean i don't have hobbies but that's my choice uh yeah I mean, your hobby is side products kind of yeah so like um maybe that just kills motivation you know or maybe that kills hope or something mm-hmm. like like when you have free time uh-huh. you have free freedom mm-hmm. right if so and that's I guess you don't feel, like, chained to school in the same way that you do if you had just were constantly focusing on classes. And that's what gives mm-hmm. you kind of hope, you know? Like, freedom. Is it a good thing that I went to Windsor instead of Waterloo by any chance? <laughs> Comparatively? 50-50. Like, are, are the classes... Is, the, like classes the classes in Waterloo that, are, are better than what you're describing in Windsor. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. But the classes that, you like, your friends are taking, is it just that the classes are super hard that they don't have time uh, for their own stuff. Yeah, there's there's definitely that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I I'd have to ask them. Okay. Uh, but I know that there's a lot of students that are struggling with that. Mm, I yeah. see. I see. A lot of, uh, and CS is particularly hard. Mm. Um, but you also get the opportunity to be around really smart people. Like there was a kid. Uh, I keep I keep using kid as if I'm older than them. Yeah. I'm not. My, my age. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy in my year mm-hmm. in CS who solved an open problem. Oh yeah, yeah. Is yeah. he's, he's some Swedish genius transfer <laughs> student? Yeah, but um, not 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 Asian. Swedish. I mean, the Swedish have intense education. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the thing when you provide it properly. Yeah, and uh, they're they've always been good at uh, comp sci. You know, mm-hmm. Dijkstra. Yeah, yeah, of course. What is that they got? No, IKEA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a horrible example. Um, I don't remember his name. I think his name was Joachim Belkin. I think it was his name. But mm. anyways, he solved this problem that had been open in computer science for, I think, 11, 10, 11 years, which is really cool, you know? Yeah. You have the opportunity to be around those guys. But those, the, the, the problem is that those guys are working so hard on their shit that mm-hmm. you don't typically get an opportunity to interact with them outside of just, hey, uh, how, how would you do on the homework, you know? Mm. So having freedom, you is know? It, is it better to have a rigorous curriculum that you you follow that everybody else is doing so essentially you're learning the same thing as everybody else but at a good rate compared to the rest of the world mm. or is it better to no i don't have know. freedom where you can learn at at like at your own rate especially if that rate is 
maybe faster. Freedom, but you have to be self-directed. I think there's a lot of people that if they were given freedom... Yeah, they just do nothing. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to motivate yourself, you know? Like, yeah. it's 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 hard to... to uh, for me, I only have one class this term. Like, I yeah. took, I specifically took an easy term mm-hmm. so that I could focus on, like, the things that I felt, felt were important, mm-hmm. you know? Like, my the, the things that I felt that I needed to catch up on. CS, machine learning, all sorts of statistics. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really hard to just get up in the morning at, you know, 5.30, 5, 6, uh, go to the library, and then study. You know, mm, yeah. and just fill that gap with, you know, whatever it is I'm missing, use whatever it is I feel like I'm about, missing. Use that time effectively. Yeah. It's really hard. And I, I burn out, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I, I burn out like once a week. <laughs> it's really bad, you know, but like I'll, I'll have a day where I like, I try to get up and then, uh, well, I have a shitty setup, you know, like the way I have it set up is I get like a bad headache in the morning no matter how i wake up because i'm using an electric space heater in my room because my roommates keep the place too cold to wake up early you know because when you wake up early it's like all i want to do is go back to bed unless it's hot right if it's cold your bed's nice and cozy so you go back to sleep yeah but um so my roommates keep it too cold to to wake up on my own so i have an electric space heater but Mm -hmm. an electric space heater makes the place really dry which Uh, gives me headaches in the morning so it's it's, i gotta choose between getting up Late, or uh, having a headache. I choose having a headache. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> it goes away after a little while. You just have to hydrate. Mm, I yeah, see. but um, it, uh, it, I guess my my point is that you know it's just hard to guarantee that if you give students freedom, they'll use it effectively. I mean, it took a lot of convincing to my parents to say like, "Hey, I know I'm taking one course, but." I, I, I'm using my time effectively. Like yeah. I, I, kn- I know what I need, you mm-hmm. know, and they have they have a right to be worried. Absolutely. Yeah, and they they have good reason to be worried. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, I don't know. I don't have much more to say. I'm just sort of going in circles. Like yeah. I, I've got I've gotten my point across. Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd like to think that I'm using my time as effectively as I can. I but think like you are. A shit ton of projects. Yeah. We're also... But like, we're, I, I, we're also get distracted. We're constantly learning how to get better at using your time. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. We're, uh, be, even though, even if you're not, um, you know, most effective with your time, recognizing that you're not as effective as you need to be is the first step to becoming more effective. Just yeah. recognizing any problem in your personality, in your life at all, just the way that you think. Self, self-reflect, self-reflecting is a first step to being better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, even, hmm, I'm just thinking about how I've improved at learning in the past little while, you know? Maybe I've just gotten better at, like, understanding my own circadian rhythm, my own, like, my body, how my mm-hmm. body reacts to different situations, and scheduling better, you know? Yeah. Scheduling more time, understanding, uh, fuck, man, <laughs> it's hard, you know? It's really, it's really fucking hard Yeah. to, yeah. um... To use your time effectively. Yeah. Cause, yeah. But I mean, the fact that you and I are worry, worried about that means that we're actively trying to fix it. Oh, yeah. So yeah. that's, you know, it's better and than... And we're actively trying to get better. Yeah. You know? And that's good. Yeah. Well, I find it... I mean, I, I've tried, like, doing a week of intense focus on uh, just using my time effectively. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, that means... That means 
uh, not just that I'm going to the library every day and that I'm uh, working every day. That means like if I go to the bathroom, uh-huh. I've got a book in my hands and I'm reading on the way to the bathroom, in the bathroom, and then I'm on my way out. You Interesting. know? Yeah. And it doesn't, it, and it's, I mean, if you don't have an existential goal in mind, mm-hmm. some sort of motivating vision mm-hmm. or a mission in mind to keep you going, y- you will easily burn out. Yeah. You know? And it's really hard to keep up with that. I don't even think that's reasonable, you know? Like, that type of life where literally every waking moment is dedicated in some form to trying to be focused on work, you know? I feel like at that point, at at that point, you... It's kind of diminishing returns. Like, you're also... You're not, yeah. you're not striking a good balance between uh, enjoying the moment, you know? You're completely yeah. sacrificing the moment. Everything... The moment is gone for the future. I don't know. I feel like I enjoy... Like, like burning, burning that hard. That's true, yeah. I enjoy that. That is the moment that I want to enjoy. Yeah, okay. I, I enjoy grinding, too, on occasion, you know? It's well, like, like, I'd, say, I'd say I enjoy I enjoy the learning, you know? Mm-hmm. The learning is great. Like, it's just so... It feels so good to wait to know that I've learned a new concept today. Yeah, just hitting, hitting milestones in general, whether it be you learned a new concept and it definitely retained in your mind or you mm-hmm. solve a problem that you've been working on, mm-hmm. it's an ecstasy... That can't be beat. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't say it can't be. It's just, it, it doesn't, it, nothing else satisfies that same need. Yeah, I guess. You know, it's just, same it's just urge. It feels too good. Yeah, it feels, yeah, I don't know. It feels so good to have accomplished something. <laughs> yeah, so, but when you when you say it like that, it kind of makes it sound like a dick link measuring context. You Does know, because it? it's like, like. I, I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a dick measuring contest if you're comparing it to what other people have accomplished. But if you're just... Saying, like, you accomplished something. This is, like, this is something that I didn't know yesterday. And yeah. And I know it. Yeah, that's true. I'm proud of myself for that. Yeah. Yeah, there's... A, the, the pride is interesting. And Pro- I guess just... Um, pride becomes a problem when you compare it to other people. Mm-hmm. And you let it inter- interfere with the, the way you act. Yeah, the feeling of knowing that I've spent a, a day, you know, uh, moving myself towards my goals... That's a good day. That's, that's a good. That's yeah. a good feeling. And it's not because right? you you did it and you you know that ha somebody else just spent the day playing video games or like did nothing. That's not yeah. It's, it's not, not the re- it's just that you're better for it for yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. It's intrinsic. I mean yeah like have you ever, have you ever had like a bad week where you're not like very motivated or you're not um you haven't done a lot of work and then you try to relax. Well, I mean, maybe your schedule is different than mine because my schedule is like weekends are jinxing. Weekends mm-hmm. I hang out with jinxing. Uh, it's basically set stone at this point. I mean, I'm, I I told her like I'd be coming down to hang out with you this weekend, uh-huh. so she's she's but she's okay with that. Uh, but most of the time, I spend my entire weekend with her, Friday to Sunday night, Friday night to Sunday night. That's good. It's fun. No, but like I, I was gonna say, if I've had a bad week and I haven't uh, if I haven't felt like I've learned anything or improved myself or mm-hmm. just been you know some some weeks are just shit, man. You know, yeah. where you just have like like I, for me, it's like. I have some sort of thing that's bugging me existentially, or I'm procrastinating something I really don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, like, some, there's some, like, assignment or some shit that's, like, why would I waste my fucking time on this? Uh-huh. But then I end up wasting more time procrastinating, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's a bad cycle. I mean, I definitely feel that sometimes when it's, like, you haven't, haven't done anything. Yeah. And then uh, you go to just, you know, think about what you've done, and then you, you realize you haven't done anything. Yeah, but, but then I was... the fact that you haven't done anything 
demo makes you feel like ah oh, makes you feel like shit. And you yeah, don't exactly. Do yeah, and then you start. Yeah, you just procre- It's a bad yeah. cycle. But I was gonna say like I can't relax on the weekends mm. if if that happens. If I have a bad week, like all I'm thinking about is like shit. I could be doing something right now. Like God damn it! I spent that that seven days, dude. You know, ever ever look at a chart of how many weeks you have to live in an average life? I mean. Not a lot. Yeah, I've, it, it, it it's, it's it's a it's a long time. Yeah. I guess like this, like we have a lot of time in front of us. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like knowing versus understanding, right? Yes, we know that there's a lot of time. Well, we think we know that there's a lot of time, but understanding how much time that hopefully actually is. Time. Knock on wood. That's not wood. That's not shit. That's, God damn it. That's a leap. There. I, I mean, I guess yeah. No, I I mean, if you just, not even, like, the weeks that you have to live, consider a smaller amount of time, like, how many hours there are in a week. That, too. It's, like, yeah. 186 hours. If you sleep, <laughs> like I do, yeah. like, four hours a night, yeah. it still leaves you with, like, if you sleep four hours a night and you work a 40-hour 40 40-hour di- shift somewhere, right, proper full-time work, yeah. that still leaves you with 100 hours in the week to do something with. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time that's essentially just free. Yeah. Right? Hmm. But, like, you think, what have you done with the last hundred hours? And, uh, I mean, you don't have to spend every waking moment of that working towards no. something, you know? You can chill for a little bit. I think but it's like, horrible for your your, definitely. your uh, yeah. mental health. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have a very good balance between, like, my work and the rest of my things, no. but I'm, I'm still not spending every waking moment working. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I still, like, enjoy things, you know? I started watching Neon Genesis, Evangelion, yeah. and... Uh, like, I'll, I'll, I have a few shows that I'm keeping up with yeah. continuously. I mean, we're doing this right now. This has been, like, Hell what, four yeah. hours? This is so fucking this is fun. Amazing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm glad mean, we split it up into two parts, though. This would have been a... I know, right? A horrible Five thing. Five-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um... Shit. I just... I immediately forgot what I was going to say. Some about uh, motivation, mo- uh, not having to spend all your time. Oh doing yeah, one thing, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, balance. yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's such a hard balance to strike. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the thing is, bring this back to education. Is there a, is mm-hmm. there a way to to teach or have kids practice this kind of balance where they have um, they have to deal with work, they have to deal with um, you know. Uh, or at least spark some motivation in that regard where they have to deal with uh, something that they really, really like that is, mm-hmm. you know, that could consume their life but also having to balance it. Because that's, that's the thing that isn't really... They need to have a reason. Yeah, and like, that's like, what was it? When people go to university, mm-hmm. um, one of the reasons that they always burn out is because they haven't been, uh, they didn't have a lot of practice in high school with balancing their time well. And they end yeah, up that's wasting true. a lot of it. I'll... I'll uh, sometimes I would say an, another large proportion of it is people not knowing what they want to do with mm-hmm. their lives. I mean, like you have to make you're you're like what barely an adult, like 18. literally just an adult yeah, legally, I know. seventeen, eighteen, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got to make a decision about what you want to do for the future. You know, yeah. some people's parents make their decision for them, and that's not necessarily a better option either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've got to decide, like, and if you don't know, it's okay to take a year off. Yeah, it's if you don't know. Better. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm like just thinking semester, about, Yeah, I think I don't at some school, I think most schools will kick you out if oh, you really? take, Well, if you mm. No, like in between, in between in between like high school and university. Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah cuz okay. like, I know a lot of people who went into business or nursing or something or like biomed because they're like, 
you know, I don't really know what I want to do, but I imagine I can make some money with this. Right. And it's like, sure, yeah, but this is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yeah. It should be something that, that you want to do. Yeah, that's not true, by the way. Well, uh, that, like, it's, I guess, it's, yeah. It's, it's not, yeah, you can, I think we have a lot of options nowadays mm. that, uh, for shifting our path. Yeah, but it's like, it's something you're it's spending, spending a lot of time into. Yeah. It should and be something that you want to do. Yeah, I mean, you have to understand that the game is going to be different when you're 40 mm-hmm. and you've got kids and yeah. you've got a house and a mortgage, you know, and all that shit that you got to deal with as an adult. Mm-hmm. All those responsibilities. That's oh. scary. That's scary. You know, that's, we should appreciate what we have right now, even though right now we're kind of like, where our mental health is kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, but we can, we can afford for it to be fucked because We've, our parents support us so well. Yeah, yeah. We've got probably the most freedom that we'll ever have in our lives, you know, yeah. because we're going to have so many responsibilities in the future as adults. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even consider myself an adult. I'm 20. Isn't that weird? Mindset of like a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, the freedom of a 15... Not even that. I mean, it's like, like the like, freedom of like an 8-year-old. Not even in school, you know? I mean, yeah, technically you, you only have one class. Yeah, I've only got one class. And my classes don't yeah. really matter. <laughs> yeah, but it's that freedom that gives me hope, you know? Mm-hmm. Hmm. At least there is a hope is so maybe, powerful. Yeah, yeah. Maybe these schools that are like really hard grinds aren't... Uh, isn't the best option either. I mean, it's great that you're learning a lot. Some students definitely benefit from that. Yeah. And it's great for employers to see that you've, you know, that you've objectively you, done a lot of work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But is it killing passion? Maybe. Cause I feel like mm, everybody has to spend a certain amount of time, um, doing like whatever the courses are to get to be, you know, compared to everybody else. Yeah. Um, and the amount of time that it seems the way you're describing Waterloo is that it's almost all of your time that you have left over. For a lot of students it is. Yeah. yeah. It's very so difficult. that any, any kind of passion that you have, there's no outlet for it. Mm-hmm. And if there's no outlet, you're not, if you're not fueling the fire, then the fire dies out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. That's why side projects are important. Yeah, but who has time? I do. <laughs> you do. Yeah, exactly. You do. I do. Yeah. We do. Kind of do. I won't have, I, I won't have nearly as much next term. Yeah. Because I'm probably going to be, either, I'll have, either have a job or I will have a for, full course load. Mm. So. Use the time now, Michael. Yeah, I know. I'm going to. Yeah. Fuck, man. Why is this, why is time management so difficult? You know? <laughs> teach it. There's no way. Can you even teach time management? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Most things are skills you can learn. They should. I'm getting should. better at it. You know, like we're we're constantly improving. Yeah, yeah, but like we had to sort of get to a point where it's like realize that we're not doing it right, and then be like, yeah, fuck, how do a lot we of fix iteration. This? Yeah, and sometimes I mean, it is just plain impossible. Like, there's no arguing. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's impossible to do, like a full course load, mm-hmm. and a bunch of side projects. And, like, you know, all the other responsibilities. Like, I've got to find a new apartment because I'm going to get kicked out at, in summer of 2019. And I've got to uh, apply for a million jobs again yeah. at the beginning of January. So... It's just not enough time physically in the week. There, yeah, there's literally not the enough time. It, mm-hmm. it, there's not enough hours in a day to accomplish everything you need to do. You yeah. know? Like, a full course load, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, it, you've got to learn that material, right? To get the grade, yeah. to demonstrate that you can eat shit, too. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. on top of that, you got to do do some sort of side project to demonstrate that you're not just some, you know, code monkey who just followed the rules, yeah, exactly. all the instructions, yeah. and you can actually, you know, think for yourself and build something. Yeah, I think I'm going to, yeah. Hmm. 
Fuck, man. What do I do? Do, you, do I make a cool project in the next few months? In the next two months that I have that are free? Yeah. Or, or do I focus on machine learning so that I can actually submit a conference paper before I graduate? Both. It's hard. Do a project on machine learning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, best way to learn is practice. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, it's just like, you know, there's like research and projects are, um, they're not disjoint, but they're mm. far apart. Yeah. You know? Research, it's like you got to keep up with the literature, and, and you've got to do something innovative. Research, to, you have to keep up with the the most advanced stuff. Yeah, which is hard. Projects you can do with old stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm. Like I don't need to learn about the cutting edge machine learning algorithms to fucking implement facial recognition. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Fuck. I mean, it might help, but you don't need it. No. It wouldn't help. It would be a diminishing return to learn that much. Yeah. For that project specifically. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I can honestly say, while math has certainly given me the con- the conceptual back- background to work with proofs, work with uh, complex mathematical structures, data structures, and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. just think about it and visualize it in my head and, and think about <clears throat> what logical directions I can take this in and work with and how these things represent real-world data. Uh-huh. Um <clears throat> I'm trying to think of a good percentage of the facts that I actually use. I'd probably say like 50% or on, on the greater side of 50% of the facts that I've learned in pure math are completely useless. Uh. Yeah. So what are you going to spend your time on? Exactly. That's the thing. <clears throat> uh, you gotta... This started as an episode about motivation and ended up as one, as, a, as one about time management. I mean, it's all, it's part of, it's all related. To, to have proper time management, you have to be motivated Enough to uh, you have to, to use your time effectively. To use your time effectively, and yeah. you have to be motivated for a very specific thing that you know what is an effective use of your time. Yeah. And throughout all the eating of shit, you have to have enough hope that it doesn't burn out before you're done university, so that you can still you know keep going. Hope is very very important. Yeah. And like I think I think I've found some sort of balance, at least in the moment right now with the why not mentality where mm-hmm. it won't burn out anytime soon. Yeah, that's right? good. Yeah. But, um, Hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna, you keep talking. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, with the conversation. Oh, of course. But then tell me when I get back. <laughs> uh, in general with the, uh, the why not mentality, I think I've uh, somewhat of a balance, at least for now. But the thing is the why not is, um, it goes both ways. It can be positive or negative. Where if, um, it, it, like, right now, it's it's very much positive where I think of an idea and I'm like, you know, why not implement it? So let's put it on the list and let's start working on it, see what I need to learn for it, and uh, start making that. Um, but in the other direction, it can be uh, it can be detrimental where if um, you have something like, uh, what's an example? Mm, you're thinking, why... I guess the same thing. If you think of a project, and you're thinking, "Why does it exist?" and you can think, "Why not?" You can also think, "Why should I make it?" and you think, "Why or why shouldn't I make it?" and it's like, "Well, why not?" in the in the opposite direction where uh, it's just, you know, it all becomes a uh, uh, perspective based based on how much you want to really actually um, follow through with the project based on how much you think. Um, your why not mentality will carry through. And like, 
why not has um, some sort of uh, has has a negative uh, has a uh, not a negative sorry a an Achilles heel if you will um, yeah why not has an Achilles heel if you will in that it can be killed by boredom right where right now what you talking about Willis. <laughs> Talk about why not and how it can be good or bad. Mm. Right now, it's just right now it's just been good so far, right? But boredom is definitely the Achilles heel because once you get bored of a project, you can think, "Why am I still doing this?" Right? And at that point, it's just like, "Eh, just quit. Why not?" Hmm. <laughs> so the question almost becomes, "Why not not?" Yeah, why not not? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like a a, a balance, but um, you, have to, you have to be specific. You know, why not is a very vague. And and uh, ambiguous choice of words for describing what you're talking about, you know. I think why not is I think why not is a good way to describe what I'm talking about because, um, for me, my like why not is the principal uh, pillar of motivation for me, but my principal pillar of uh, I guess you know what I want to do is creating, create something, right? Mm-hmm. It's not destroy. It's not you know do nothing. So you can think, why shouldn't I destroy this? You can think, why not? Why shouldn't I, you know, ignore this? Why not? But the fact is, anything that I'm asking, because my principal motivation of, uh, not motivation, my principal idea of um, what I want to do has to do with creation. Anything that I ask why not to will be relates to making something and not tearing it down. Yeah, I get that. It's just why not as a logical, like, predicate. Is yeah. is e- easily it's, applicable to situations that are nece- that are necessarily bad. Yeah, you know? it's very it's it's oversimplified. It, yeah, exactly. Sure. The other the other thing is like um, uh, our goals aren't necessarily entirely just to build cool shit. Like we also like would we would like to see change in different things. Yeah, I mean, right? we're, so we've been talking about this whole time. Exactly. You know? So, uh, we have to choose projects that are going to mm-hmm. impact the most. Right, yeah. or at least like impact ourselves the most, right? Yeah, impact. Yeah, like like I, I can't talk about any of the fucking projects we're working on right now impacting anyone because no. we're, we're we're college kids who suck at everything, and uh, I mean, there's college kids out there that are actually making imp- changes. You know, Andre Bertram at Helpware, mm-hmm. crazy, working on a smartwatch that detects cardiac arrest mm. and uh, sends a. A phone call to nine one one automatically. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool. Yeah, yeah these, mean, these projects ain't shit compared to that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. The main so, goal of all these ones is things that I want to learn. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. The, that's exactly what I was getting to. Is like uh, these the projects that we've chosen are specifically projects that um, will somehow further our knowledge mm-hmm. and for and put us in situations that are better suited for. That's not what. That's not exactly what I'm trying to describe. Uh, put us in situations where we're more likely to achieve what we want to achieve. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know? So the why not mentality, what I'm getting at is that why not, saying why not can kind of lead you to think like, okay, I guess everything is on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When it's not. Um, I mean, it becomes like, if I have hours in the day that I'm not using, that are allocated for like work or relax, like they're just unallocated hours, and I think of a project and it'll fit within those hours, why not can uh, can put that in but if mm. you know the projects also have uh, a ranking on how important they are to me yeah and the ones that are a little less important you know they'll get bumped out mm. for the more important ones 
Yeah. Um, I also think, like, the, um, the why not mentality, the important part about it is that it indicates that the work itself is the interesting part yeah. and is the motivating factor. Mm-hmm. Like, when you say, like, why do you want to do this? If you, if you give any reason, mm-hmm. then that reason is... Can be taken away. Well, uh, yeah, okay, kinda, yeah. Kinda. So why, why not, I think, can yeah. be kind of... Mm, not really. Yeah, I guess the, not. The reason that you can give for anything that's not why not is, like, is essentially a goal, right? If it's kinda. like... yeah. If you're, like, describing a cool aspect of a project, mm-hmm. then that cool aspect is can be, you know, destroyed. Although it probably won't be, but... Yeah. Um, or if, you, if it's even more specific, the thing can be... It'll either be achieved or it'll be um, uh, taken away. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, um, well, I guess, what like, anything else, any other reason that you're giving for why you want to do a project is no longer premised in the fact that you're just plain interested in the technology, it's you know, no you're interested in building the thing because, for the thing itself, it's you know, no and for the, ex- in- yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah, like, the value is intrinsic in building something, mm-hmm. because you're, you're, uh, you're learning about tech, you know, yeah. you're learning about things that you're interested in, and that's the intri- that should be the value itself for you for in the in this mentality. Yeah, right, right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not the entire it. value, but it's an, it's intrinsic. That's what that's what why not is about. Yeah, why not is definitely an oversimplified version of you know intrinsic um, values to me for tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that intrinsic value idea applies to a lot of things too, though I think you know, mm-hmm. like just doing something because that thing is interesting is is definitely. Um, a good guiding principle, I think, in general. Not necessarily just interesting. Doing something because it gives value to you. Yeah, but why does it give value to you? Because it's interesting. Like, what other value yeah. does it give to you? Like, yeah. intrinsic value. I'm not saying, like, it, it puts you in a better position to get a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intrinsic, uh, intrinsic is just, you like it. You think it's good Yeah, exactly. Heart. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that even about pure math, uh, it's kind of intrinsic. It has an intrinsic value to me. Yeah. Because it, as useless as a lot of it is, like, there's something so pretty about a nice argument, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a nice proof or an interesting mathematical fact. And, I mean, yeah, yes, there's, you could say, like, you never know when you're going to need to apply something like that. But, I mean, I can tell you with pretty good certainty that I'm never, ever, ever, ever going to apply anything (laughs) that I've learned in, say, analytic number theory, Hmm. uh, which is this field of math that studies properties of numbers by looking at functions of complex numbers. So we're studying, like, the prime numbers by looking at complex functions. It's kind of weird. Isn't that... uh... What's that one? Zeta function? Zeta function, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's an, that's analytic number yeah. theory. I yeah. mean, that's it's useful. Not. No, it's not. It's not? Nope. I thought the way it was just, well, the way I, I read about it is that... It's um, useful to pure math. It's use okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, okay. Which I, is like a self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's not, it's not like, you know... If there's like this thing called the Riemann hypothesis, which is which has been an open problem for like 150 years, I think maybe even long. No, 150 seems reasonable. But um, if if that hypothesis is proven correct, then in pure math, it'll mean like hundreds of results are correct because a lot of things are like assuming the Riemann hypothesis, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you if Okay, let's, if it's proven true, nothing's really going to change in the real world, you know? Like, maybe, maybe 
algorithms for factoring polynomials will get faster. Mm-hmm. You know? And then that means, like, maybe cryptographic systems could be broken a bit more easily because they're ba- it's, a lot of them are based off of the idea of finding, like, a really large prime number. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um... There, there, there's there's no application of the Riemann hypothesis, but it's a very deep and interesting and satisfying problem to look at. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it tells you really interesting things about the way numbers behave, you know? And it's difficult at times to see how that intrinsic value is also intrinsic to the world, you know? Yeah. Because, like, what something that the Riemann hypothesis uh, says is essentially that the the zeros the points at which this function called the zeta function are zero and the prime numbers are kind of fourier transforms of each other which is really weird to think about hmm. like you it's it like you can describe the zeta function in terms of the prime in terms of a product over the prime numbers and then you can also determine um uh, a formula for something called the van, the von Mangold function, which is this uh, function that basically determines if a number is a prime power, like if it's p to the n, you know, for some prime number p. Okay. So that's what the von Mangold function does, but it ex- it determines it as an expansion, like a sum mm-hmm. over the zeros of the zeta function. Oh, so it needs the zeta, the Riemann hypothesis to be proven. Yeah, exactly. So well, no, like I think that the- that that formula holds well. Okay. The formula holds regardless of if the theorem is true. Okay. But it's just a matter of, like, a lot of simplifications can be made. Mm. Yeah. So, but anyways, like, so there's intrinsic value to studying that. And I think if you're going to go into something like PR math, it, it's it's kind of a study in intrinsic value, you know? Yeah. Because you, you can't look at it and think... Uh, you, you you can't go into that and study it and say, like, okay, how am I going to use this to fucking be the next Facebook, you know? Yeah. I think... Okay. Go ahead. Well, last topic. Okay. Before we end this. Sure. Going off of uh, off of that, because computer science and software engineering, um, they have a lot of extrinsic values. They have a, a yes. lot of extrinsic possibilities. Oh, yeah. Um, is it more valuable to teach them as intrinsic, uh, to, to try and mold students... To see them as intrinsic, uh, uh, was it skills rather than ex- extrinsic? Because like software engineering could definitely easily be seen like, oh, you know, I can learn like Node.js and web dev, yeah. and go work at like Google and make a shit ton of money. Yes, but that's, that's an extrinsic value. Yeah, that's very extrinsic. But does it? If you're trying to like going to the startup stuff, um, is it more important to have? I mean, it's definitely probably more important to have extrinsic, intrinsic than extrinsic values. I think. Um, Oh yeah, but in terms wait wait of, extrinsic you said intrinsic intrinsic yes yeah, yeah I agree. But yeah. in terms of computer science, where you can build something really really quickly, start it up like do like a one week hackathon, mm-hmm. one week sorry one week startup, mm-hmm. and sell it in like a <laughs> month, like the things in uh, like in Silicon Valley they have a lot of those really like, where things will just pop up, you'll see them for a while and then they're gone. Yeah, they get acquired. Well, okay, yeah, I, I, I thought you like specifically meant like a week, like literally. <laughs> no, literally, like it's okay. just a, a significantly short amount of time where it's like. Really? Uh, yeah. They, they just got bought or sold, or did just like they're like they cashed out really quickly. Yeah, right? I wouldn't be surprised if there were like weak old startups that get sold. You know, Honestly. I mean, like the fucking start. There's the startup bus. I met a guy who did the startup bus. He was actually we worked on major league hacking. Mm. Yeah, he was part of the MLH crew, but he did this bang bang bus. 
Startup bus. <laughs> Fucking Freudian slip right there. Yeah, he did the startup bus, and uh, it, the idea is like you're on a bus mm-hmm. and you're touring these different locations, and apparently, I think I think the idea is you stop at locations that have like important people, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It's like investors or keynote speakers, things like that. But the point is that in that week, three, it's either three days or a week, um, you're on this bus and you have to have a functioning startup at the end of that. Mm. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, hmm. I don't know. I don't know what they guarantee is functioning. It's probably you know like judges like who wins. Yeah, you know, like, good enough like, for the demo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past Silicon Valley to do something like that. But like they're all fucking microdosing <laughs> LSD. <laughs> yeah. No, like intrinsic and extrinsic, but I mean like teaching, um, forming the way that uh, students are taught in a mentality of how to learn. Right. right? If it's extrinsic, because if 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 you're taught in a way that you find extrinsic value a lot ha- faster than you find intrinsic value, then you're more inclined to go through a, a top-down approach for something that you want to learn. Mm. Right. You have an idea that you can sell really quickly. And you're motivated by money, hmm. and you do a quick top-down approach, learn exactly everything, only what you need to know for that idea, make it, and then, you know, that's your startup, and you sell it, or if you want, or if it keeps going, or whatever, right. right? But intrinsic, you'd have more people um, learning for the sake of learning, having more in-depth knowledge, where you'd have more complex startups, not as many going around, but they'd be, they'd, individually, they'd be more valuable. Potentially. Potent- Maybe not. Well, more likely to be more valuable. More, well, let's say the- more likely to be... Um, innovative. Yeah, sure. Because uh, like more likely to solve a problem than to have a product. More likely to solve because you have to specify, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like like you don't have to be a fucking tech guru to solve an open problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, like okay, and when I say okay, I shouldn't say the word open problem because that makes it sound like it's a research problem. Yeah. Like intrinsic, the people who are have an intrinsic value. Um. For, for computer science or software engineering are hmm let me think about how to phrase this I guess the people I was going to say that the people you don't need to have intrinsic value or intrinsic understanding of computer science in order to make a difference right mm, like, intrinsic value but extrinsic understanding like a Still take the top yeah, it's down. It's like approach. what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like what we're talking about with Facebook and and with Snap and people like that. You know, like yeah, it's, okay. it's not innovative technology, but it's potentially innovative. It's cool and kind of new. Yeah, yeah. The community forms of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, and what about the the well the internet itself is kind of like technology. It's definitely technological. Yeah, yeah. So there there you go. That's a good example. You know, like the people who invented the internet probably had an intrinsic care pretty sure for it was the military really yeah i think so they wanted like inter- i thought it was like uh like well it was the the computer idea science universities it started the idea like of the, that, right yeah no but the idea of the internet was created by the military hmm. i'm pretty sure and then um they had it just for like you know communicating or whatever but then universities picked up the idea yeah and they made it really big and flew with the it. idea of the web the internet web because i think the, the internet was structured like a tree before like yeah, originally, yeah. It was but just... like, yeah, the web was not military. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like, so the, those people that are like looking for, uh, those are the people that are looking for intrinsic value in computer science. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's definitely, I don't know. I guess if you train people based on intrinsic value, you'll definitely still get innovation, but 
if you do it solely based on intrinsic value, you might skew their priorities, I guess. Because it's yeah, like, that's definitely like, more, they might just continue going to school and learning and learning and never do anything with that knowledge. Right. I mean, that's fine if you want to do that. It's great. But like, yeah, there's 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 also extrinsic value. You know, there's like like this technology is really like what if the internet was just some research project that went really far and it became like the that's actually interesting. What if the what if the internet wasn't fully realized by people mm-hmm. um, as a fundamentally groundbreaking way of communication? of human communication and Hmm. and access to information and it was just it remained an interesting research topic so like to this day there would be like journals published on the idea of an internet web and people like studied this and researched it for intrinsic value but there was no actual internet you know Hmm. that's interesting right there had to be someone to realize the extrinsic value of it that's going again back to you need the jobs in the Wozniak yeah, exactly. He absolutely had the intrinsic desire to just make shit. Yeah. And then Jobs wanted to sell that crap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Jobs is, by the way, Jobs is really resourceful. Oh, yeah. Like, an incredibly resourceful person. Like, it's not necessarily like he's a genius. Mm-hmm. I'd say what he's a genius at, if anything, is finding the right people to do the right jobs mm-hmm. and somehow getting them to come on board. I don't understand how he get, got enough traction. I'd have to read a biography about him. Because uh, he, yeah. got, he got a number of, like... When he was working on Apple, maybe maybe Apple already had traction. At they that were point, selling but. some of the stuff before uh, they got the first investment. Okay, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, well, because I just remember him bringing on some of like the top tech COOs from other companies mm-hmm. early on. I don't remember who. I mean, he's also an amazing speaker. And just that's true. Good yeah, at. he's probably very good at persuading people. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just a good public person. Yeah, yeah, a people person. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, you need yeah, you need intrinsic and extrinsic, yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, the internet wouldn't have existed. Imagine that internet not existing. This podcast would be just two guys nowhere, in a, which it, would arguably be better. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've actually caused the internet's caused more harm. I think let's just delete it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just delete the internet. <laughs> no, the internet's great. Yeah, amazing. Wow, that's what you have to. <laughs> Uh, not to mention all the fucking amazing ways that we can now communicate with each other across the globe and spread right. information and we have information at our fingertips no it's we have memes memes are information I can watch porn in any room <laughs> you can't this month right it's no not November yeah yeah. don't distract me with thoughts of porn you said it all right. I said memes right <laughs> I, I think that's uh, you know another three hours almost no two, two hours. hours two hours right, long so but not well, nearly as long as the prior one. Yeah, I mean, either way, good content. Mm-hmm. We spoke <laughs> on things. I mean, this was like, fuck, I just like talking a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's do another right. one. Huh? Let's do another one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm actually, my voice is getting tired. A little talking. bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to get take a water break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, you know, I don't know when the next podcast will be. Probably maybe not for a while. Or maybe I'll schedule it. Ron McKenzie on this. Hell yeah, dude! But uh, that would be amazing. Yeah, make sure I, I have I have, a fi- I have a feeling you'd have a problem with the swearing. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I'd go yeah. PG for him. Let's make like a version of this podcast. It's like every every swear word's bleeped. You know, uh, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> or we just Let's make not an algorithm. Show, or we just not <gasps> show him the podcast. Pro- project project automatically bleeping swear words. Yeah. How hard? I'm that sure. Be? I think that's a thing. Oh, I'm sure. Probably, but you know. Yeah, you need like voice, 
Recognition. Like, I'm going to end the podcast before you know, we continue <laughs> talking about this. Yeah. Farewell to the six people who are listening. And uh, good night. Oh, I need an outro. Yeah, you need to play the song. Uh, no, it's on the guitar. I don't want to play it on the guitar. That was awful. Do you like, do you like, a, do you like a little like trill? No, like, do you like, like, perfect. <laughs> Farewell.